Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What do you get when you cross a know-it-all newspaper columnist with an awkward unsophisticated everyman. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm just not sure about that right now. Welcome to Couch in the Rube. Welcome to Couch in the Rube. I'm Graham Couch here alongside Jason Nick on this July 3rd, the biggest sports day of the year in the sporting calendar. So much to talk about over the next two hours. Uh, I don't know if we're going to get to it all. Jam-packed. Lots to talk about. Lots to talk about. Six guests uh, ranging from curling to uh, camping to uh, to Mike DeFabo. Actually, Mike DeFabo will be in Studio 130, uh, my colleague at the LSJ, for a couple more weeks. Mike DeFabo is leaving the LSJ after five months. And we'll get into that all quick. that. Yeah, real quick. Um, and we'll get into all that, where he's going. Too late to get Cody back or... I think Cody's got his own thing I know. going, and it's going well. Yeah. Otherwise, <laughs> he's a grinder, man. He'll, yeah. Yeah. I wasn't worried about him, but yeah. No, it's more of a selfish. Babes, leaving after five months. Yeah. Interesting. No, it's, uh, you know, I mean, he's got an opportunity. He's held an opportunity. Oh, yeah. We'll, we'll get into it. A dream job for him. And so, not ideal. I mean, I think it's, he's an unprofessional prick, but otherwise, you know, I think it's, it's, it's good What's for him. professional, though? Like after you have to wait two years? No, nah, two years. I, I would say putting in a full year is probably the best. Yeah, but if you're getting offered your what you say is a dream job. Right. No, there, there mean, are circumstances where it makes makes uh, um, where it makes sense. You know, and um, this is one of them, I think, for him. The, um, you and I last night went to Moneyball. We did. Um. Oh well, I was kind of there. You were sort of checked out. No, no, no. I left. We left after halfway through the second game. We didn't stay for everything. So, no. A little bit of a disappointment. Yeah. You know, no, but it's a great event, though. I mean, what Desmond Ferguson's done with that thing. I'm not kissing his. Head. He doesn't know who I am. But I mean, being there. I know it's free, and not many. I don't know if anybody donated or whatever, but. It was a a cool event and fun to be at, you know, on a summer night. Perfect yeah. time. What, you know, what, get there at five thirty. Get a good seat. What, what's too bad is they didn't have like Miles Bridges this week. So the Michigan State guys were not there this week. And Connor George was. I mean, he was Connor there George. last night. Connor right? George was. Yeah, yeah. But and that and that sometimes happens. Um, 
you know, I mean, it's July 4th week, right? And if they're going to miss a week, this is the week it usually happens. And so, uh, you know, you, you brace for that. When people tell me, when should I go? Should I go? This is not the week. If you're going to go once, I always tell people, don't go this week uh, because this, this can happen. Last year, they were both there. This, this time, they weren't. Uh, they're, sorry, the uh, MSU players were there. They did have Doug Anderson, who's one of the great dunkers of all time. And I was real excited about this more than other people. Why? Because he's, of course, from Kalamazoo. And <laughs> I could tell you were rolling there your eyes. There were some Kalamazoo was, boys there last night. It was Listen, a Kalamazoo night. Yeah. There were some good basketball players there. I mean, I understand you're not going to see a Miles. Foster, they bummed me out that Foster Lawyer wasn't going to be there. Um, so, But overall, I mean, it's still for free, you know. No, it's still high-level entertainment. And, and yeah. if you haven't seen Doug Anderson, and, and I'm not saying go someplace and see him. What I mean is, Jake, if you Google Mott Flyboys, and you can find enough stuff on that, that Mott Community College team and some of the dunk shows they put on, or just, I mean, he won the 2013 dunk contest in college basketball. Like, his best stuff is, if, if, if you look at the last 20 years of dunkers in this state, it's like him and Jason Richardson, and then everybody else. Like Shannon Brown, that's great. Miles Bridges, that's great. They are not Doug Anderson. They are not Jason Richardson. There's a level of spectacularness to Doug Anderson at his best that is just, it's walk-on-air stuff. Now, he's not the basketball player Jason Richardson is or Miles Bridges is or Shannon Brown was. Uh, he's pretty good. I mean, he's not a bad player. I think he plays overseas somewhere, makes decent money. Um, but he played on those Kalamazoo Central teams that won, went up against Keith Appling and uh, lost that state final and then won the next two. He was not on the two that won it. Um, but yeah, kind of fun to see a guy like that who I who I covered in high school, who's just at a, another level of uh, of something. But I thought we were going to be able to come in today and, and break down Foster Lawyer, Marcus Bingham, Joey Hauser, the whole deal. A couple of Michigan guys there, Isaiah Livers and um, uh, Adrian Nunez. No Michigan State guys. So that breakdown will. Why have do you to keep wait. hating on Connor George? He was there. Oh, Michigan Connor George, was there, and I ran into him. I actually went to say hi to him when a buck fell out of my pocket, and he pointed it out, and I picked it up, and I ran into his parents, Kathy George, the volleyball coach, and his dad in the parking lot. We chatted for a few minutes. <laughs> I must have loved it. It's like, ah, oh, our son's here to play. You're taking off, huh? I left very soon after you. You left after the uh, the lights went out? Because I, I saw the lights went out. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I left before that. Oh, okay. I left basically, I would say, within 10 minutes when you left. Oh, oh. see, I don't feel that bad then. No, you shouldn't. I've just seen a lot I'm of like, money why? ball. And it's the summer. You know, I had other stuff to do. You know, it's... If my wife's coming home tonight, I can only imagine the cleaning job that has to be done at the house. See, I used the excuse, the uh, storm coming in. There was. And it, yeah, there was. You weren't wrong. The lights were out, you know, at AM High. So, now it's more of the 40-minute drive, you know, back to Ovid. It's just you kind of have to do math, which is terrible for me. You sit there and you're like, okay. No, it, it, and I didn't see, like, Foster Lawyer walking around or anything. So, I'm going, I'm like, okay. Yeah, it is but, what it is. Yeah. But I, I for the value you get. And it's I, still incredible. And I, one of the things I was happy about is how good it was. So what, what sometimes happens is, and later in the summer, the crowd's not quite as big, but you get a day where people realize the MSU players aren't coming, and they they trickle out fairly quickly. The 8 o'clock game has very few people there. Um, and some years he's gotten lucky, and or he's he, you know, he'll try. He, when he knows it's coming, like he one year they had Denzel and Bryn Forbes, Denzel Valentine and Bryn Forbes. That was the day they showed up because the other, you know, the current MSU guys were gone. Miles Bridges wasn't there and stuff. And it was like, oh, that's a big deal. That was cool. They kind of stole the show. 
Uh, you had Jabari Parker once, and and I think you know that's why Doug Anderson's not in the roster. Shows up. Doug Anderson plays with Devin Oliver, who makes more money in Europe than anybody else at Moneyball right now. I think uh, who played on those Kalamazoo Central teams. You're saying that, but I want to see. I want to see a receipt. Well, I'm not. I mean, yeah, nothing against. I thought about so one story I thought about, and I think would be interesting, um, is the idea of breaking down what all these guys made or make in Europe, how difficult that world is, actually is. And it would be a good story to do. It does involve asking a lot of people the personal information of what do you make a year, you know what I mean, which which they may not want to share. I was told last year by either Desmond or somebody else in the know, I can't even remember who the conversation was with, about Devin, about the, the, the where he was finally going to make and what he was going to make, and... Um, I believe of the guys who are playing right now, he's making the most of anybody in, in Europe, probably. But I don't if, know. If you're one of these owners of a European team, and I know Devin Oliver is a great player, but I'm asking you, if you go to like Moneyball last night and you're like, yeah, let's offer this guy 300000 to come play for us. I don't see that. Well, it's about, I don't see that as like... Right, it's about winning. And he's, I mean, yeah, but the thing is, it's a pretty high level of, of basketball, Moneyball, so you don't necessarily... See a guy who stands out a ton. He's a pretty good player, um, but yeah. And, and I'd be if I was an owner, I would be torn between a Devin Oliver, who I think helps you win a ton, or a Doug Anderson, who helps you sell tickets. You know what I mean? Because like, if you're if you're in freaking you know Uzbekistan, and I can roll out Doug Anderson for a dunk show every week. I'm liking my crowd, you know. <laughs> right. That's, and and maybe I'm not winning as much. And so you you got to kind of But the European, I mean, they really care about winning. The Europeans do. I mean, that and is the Americans maybe, have, so maybe I'm way off and they would rather see a guy like Oliver than Anderson. So Well, and the Americans have to perform too. One of the interesting things, I wrote a piece that went up originally I was going to write an analysis of what I saw at Moneyball and got home and decided to write and get out the piece sort of looking ahead to this NBA Summer League and Miles Bridges is playing, but it was mostly about the 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 other three who are coming out of MSU, Nick Ward, um and uh, Matt McQuaid and uh, Kenny Goins, all all of whom is I, I mean they're both they're all long shots to make it. All of them though have an, an enough intriguing attributes that are worth taking a look at. And this might be their best look, right? This first summer, and sometimes it's not. You get another look. Matt Costello is on the Pistons team again, and he's been in it, in and out. And he you know, and I I think Kenny Goins is a guy who might wind up in the NBA later, as soon as he's. Because if he ever becomes a 40% three-point shooter, he's sort of your typical 3 and D guy. There, there might be a role for him. Um, but so it, it was – but Kenny Goins, I was thinking about him, and I was thinking about Nick Ward and, and, and sort of what they are in Europe. Nick Ward is ideal for Europe. He's a bucket getter who dominates lower competition. That's his thing, right? We've seen it a million times with mid-majors or Minnesota or Iowa who don't double-team him. You know, he just, he just takes them to task. And he oversees, I mean, he will be a 25 and 12 guy overseas, and they'll love it, and that'll be worth a lot to those places. He'll, he'll impact winning. Kenny Goins is going to be a role player wherever he is. It can be in the NBA. It can be in the German B-League because he's just not a guy who's going to take you off the dribble. He's not a guy who's got great confidence in the post. He's got to be able to keep his confidence up. Everything he does for you is a role player. He does it at a very high level. But overseas... That's not what they're looking for for the Americans. They, a lot of these teams, some get more now, but most of them, you know, a lot of places you get two Americans. 
Those better. Those got to be like your. Maybe you get a big man, but he's only six seven. You get your leading scorer, a guard, and a big. You know, you got to choose wisely. And if you got a guy who doesn't really create his own shot, you got lots of those guys in Europe. <laughs> got lots of local guys who can't create their own shot. They don't need that from their American. So I'll be curious to follow Kenny Goins' career because I think he has got a really high ceiling and low floor for pro basketball. If that makes any. That makes any sense. Whereas, and Matt McQuaid, on the, the other hand, is a guy who he's got to prove he does one thing at an NBA level. Right now, I think he's a jack of all trades and does everything just below it. And I think he'll do fine in Europe too because he does shoot it pretty well. He can drive and and uh, he defends at a high level. I mean, I think he'll have a good European uh, European career. I just like how that my first Moneyball experience. After a couple of years of goofing on the lack of defense, the first game was filled with defense. It was, wasn't it? Yeah. I'm like, wait a minute. You know, because Rico always gets mad because I, you know, I just goof around at the lack of D. But I mean, yeah, when it was kind of at the end and guys knew it was over. But other than that, they were, they were uh, playing D. They were checking. Yeah. And the guys like to win that league. Here's the other thing. If you're not like one of the big names. I mean, you're out there to, to have fun, but you're also out there. The guys, I don't win that league, and and the 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 playoffs, the last two nights, I actually really enjoy going to those, and uh, and it's it's cool because the crowd's usually actually not as big. People are sort of they've done their money ball experience. It's right at the end, and you're starting to think about football. It's kind of the turn of July into August. There's lots of other things going on. The defense gets pretty good. People, those guys want to win. They're in the they play two rounds of the playoffs, and um, well, let me ask you because you know Teresa was sitting next to me on my other side. She should have sat next to you because she had a bunch of questions. I knew no idea, you know. But how do the these, some of these just players, more interesting than you? It would have been a conversation. <laughs> for me. Well, I'm saying, like she asked, like how do some of these players get invited? I I was like I don't know. So you, how yeah, does he you, find some of these guys you, from different colleges? Well, he he's I mean he's been first of all through his closing thing. A lot of people. The Moneyball line have a connection there, but also people know who he is and they reach out when they want to play. And then for him reaching out, I mean, he's, you know, Desmond Ferguson grew up in Lansing, played at um, Missouri and then U of D and then overseas for 10 years, played a little bit for the Blazers. In other words, his basketball world connections, you know, I mean, and he's been around Lansing as sort of a, a, a you know, big deal basketball guy in Lansing running the pro-am for for a long time, and the first thing he did with the Pro-Am, and he knew it could only work this way, is he got Dwayne Stevens and Izzo on board with the MSU guys playing. And this is back, you know, when it started up in the 2000 range, right? When he was just getting going, early early 2000s. And once he had then, then it was a certain level of play, then there might be some interest, then it was he was able to recruit other guys. And back then... I don't, you know, I should ask him about his the origins of it. It would actually be an interesting piece because he was playing at an incredibly high level when it started. I mean, my guess is he played himself the summer right after he played for the Portland Trailblazers in 2004. And um, a lot of his peers were all guys who went overseas. And you think about what Lansing basketball was when you or I were in high school, right? It, it's and and just after it, and the even the guys like Justin Ingram, who played in Moneyball for a long time, went overseas and had a good career, played at Toledo, and you know just all the guys who were really good around here for a long time. So he obviously knew them, and for a while he was getting two or three colleges in, always Oakland, sometimes Western or Central, um, and and 
you know, guys like Draymond loved to play, and there be you know even after they were done. So it, it just kind of worked. But yeah, he's got connections and guys. You know, I mean, he went to U of D. Doug Anderson went to U of D. I'm not sure where. I'm, I'm sure he just knows Doug through there, throughout being around basketball. Um, but yeah, it, and, and I think guys want to play. It's a good pro am for this market size. There aren't a lot of. I mean, it's it's a really good pro am. You don't have to go to Chicago to play in a pro am if you're in, you know, if you're in the state of Michigan. And that's. Um, I don't think Detroit has one like this. I mean, it's it's a, it's a good deal. It really is a, um, a a cool thing for Lansing. We're going to take a break. When we come back, um, I want to touch on something huge that happened yesterday. I mean, just enormous. And Jason was all about it. And then we'll have Mike DeFabo in at uh, at one thirty and get his thoughts on everything in the world of sports and why he's leaving Lansing already. And uh, if you want to throw fruit at him, We'll provide a time and a place, and you can do it. We'll be right back. Couch in the room. Thinking of a new air conditioning unit for your home? Hi, Peggy Doty with Doty Mechanical. A new carrier high-efficiency AC unit will lower your energy usage and increase your home comfort. Current carrier cool cash offers and available utility rebates mean your savings have never been better. Call Doty Mechanical today at 327-7777 or visit us at dotymechanical.com for your free estimate. For heating and cooling, the names to know, Doty Mechanical and Carrier, turn to the experts. Would you or someone you know love to make a difference in the lives of kids and get paid for it? Dean Transportation is now hiring responsible and caring school bus drivers. You'll earn a competitive benefits package, 401k, paid time off, and we offer flexible scheduling. Excellent driving history required. Paid CDL training provided. Apply now at deantransportation.com slash jobs. That's deantransportation.com slash jobs. Make a difference in the lives of our kids and get paid to do it. This is Doug Warren with your Spotlight Sports Minute. Dave Burkett of the Detroit Free Press has put together five potential milestones Detroit Lions players will hit in 2019, and here they are. Matthew Stafford will, in all likelihood, reach 40,000 yards passing. He set records for fastest player in NFL history to reach 20,000 and 30,000 yards passing, so it stands to reason he'll be the fastest player to reach 40,000 as well. He needs just 1,474 yards to reach the mark and should get there sometime in early October. Number two on the list, Don Mobach. If he plays in the Lions' first five games this fall, he'll enter the NFL's top 100 in all-time games played. Not bad for a long snapper. Yes, he's in a contract dispute right now, but number three on the list, Damon Harrison. Last year, Snacks became just the eighth player since 1931 to appear in 17 regular season games in a year, and that gave him 98 straight games played overall. Among defensive tackles, only Indomitian Sue at 115 and Malik Jackson at 106 have longer current streaks. Number four on the list, Carrion Johnson. Barring injury, will top 1,000 yards rushing this season. He averaged five 5.3 yards per carry as a rookie, and if he can duplicate that rate this fall, he'll need just 189 carries to hit the magical 1,000-yard mark, the number last reached by Detroit's Reggie Bush in 2013. The Lions have had just three 1,000-yard rushers since Barry Sanders retired after the 1998 season. And finally, because of his salary, this one might be a long shot, but number five on the list, Theo Riddick. If Riddick makes the roster and gets significant playing time this year, he could become by season's end the all-time leader in receptions by a running back in Lions history. Riddick caught 61 passes last season and needs just 68 receptions this year to pass Barry Sanders for the franchise record. Sanders caught 352 passes for 2,921 yards in his 10-year career. That's your Spotlight Sports Minute. I'm Doug Warren. You're listening to Couch in the Rube, a Spotlight production. 
This is the Dart Development Business Brief. Apple is revealing for the first time how many times governments around the world made requests to remove apps from its online store. In its latest transparency report, the tech giant said it received 80 requests from 11 countries to remove 634 apps for the second half of 2018. More than 500 of those requests came from China. In another part of its transparency report, Apple said it received more than 29,000 requests from government to access more than 213,000 devices in the final six months of 2018. Hi, I'm Marcia Zimmerman, Marketing Manager for Dart Development, partnering with you to design and build out custom business space at our award-winning property with unparalleled functionality, quality, and value. It's time to stand out from the competition. Be distinctive with Dart Development. For more information, visit dartdevelopment.com. Politics. It was an honor that you asked me to step over that line, and I was proud to step over the line. I thought you might do that. I wasn't sure, but I was ready to do it, and I want to thank you. It's been great. Hey, guys, you know what? America does not want to witness a food fight. They want to know how we're going to put food on their table. Sports. We're trying. Um, you know, we stayed in the game, got got close at the end, got men on. They're trying. I couldn't ask for a better place to get a win. Couldn't be more grateful for the fans of Detroit. SpotlightRadioNetwork.com. You're listening to Couch in the Rouge. What are you on? A radio or the TV? SpotlightRadioNetwork.com. We got Mike DeFabo a little early here. So we'll, we'll, that great tease I had, the big event yesterday, we'll get into that with the Fabo. That's, be, that's because that's because we're on we're not on Graham Couch time. Graham, Graham Couch time is if you say one thirty, it's really like one forty five two. Wow, shots but if, fired but already. If you huh? say the is going to be on at one thirty, you know I show up ten minutes early. I'm here. I'm ready to go. But in radio time, you need somebody actually to be punctual, not early, not late. Well, I was here, man. You said come on, yeah, so I'm no, ready to roll. No, no, Let's do it. We're very appreciative having you here. Uh, Jason especially was uh, was was begging for you to come on today. That's what the text message exchange we had before uh, before the show. So What does that mean? I don't care if the fable comes in. I know. It's I'm awesome. I feel so appreciated here. I'm with, no, seriously. I don't know what he's talking about. I, I'm with you, Mike. I, like, I have to be there 10 minutes ahead of time. You know? Yeah, exactly. Graham's done that to me like multiple times where I'm like, okay, you tell me you're going to meet me somewhere. I give you three times. Three, you tell me that's the only good quality I have is that I'm always on time, always. Yeah, Graham's the opposite. Graham, yeah. like you, you've heard of Coughlin time, like Tom Coughlin set all of the clocks in the facility right. 15 minutes ahead, so you had to be there 15 minutes early. Yeah, Graham is the exact opposite. Yeah, he's one of those guys you have to tell a half hour. So when you want to get there, you tell him a half hour ahead of time. Yeah, and then you're still waiting for him at the bar. Yeah. And we're going to go to commercial here. Uh, <laughs> Other than that, Graham's Welcome right. to the roast of Graham Couch. Yeah. I'll be your host. It's really one of his biggest faults. Other than that, he's a good guy. I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't mind it. Well, I would, if you could exchange one for the other. So I, I, punctuality is important for you, uh, yeah. to you, Jason. So, no, it's not important. It's just I get sweaty palms. I get freaked out if I'm not. If I tell somebody I'm going to be there. So you, But you have a lot of flaws, too. So I'm wondering oh, if, you, if you could trade that. Like, so what would it be worth to you? Like if, if somebody said to you, and I, I'll ask you the same thing. Like you could, you you're gonna have to be, you're gonna be the guy who's late for everything the rest of your life. But in exchange for that, something you don't do well, one of your flaws, one of your faults, 
is now becomes you get you get so, traded for something. You get traded for All something. Right, how about how about a three hour radio show uh, downtown? This, this, this well, is three hours. We give it to you. Yeah, uh-huh. three. You oh, can have an hour hours. of it okay, if you yeah. want. We're going three. Painful as hell. For yeah. the third. I mean, three two hours is rough. It's yeah. too much. Yeah, it's yeah. enough. Yeah. 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 So, what what would you do? Like, what's your biggest flaw that you think? God, I I would love to. Oh, if, if they made me like six four, I would do anything. I, mean, yeah. I, I would take any kind of a flaw to be six four. If I could be six. So what? Four. What are you? Five three. Get the, get out of here, man. I'm a, <laughs> I'm like five eight. I'm five eight. Okay, five eight. Do you find that hard in like your dating life? Like, he, I'm, I'm, he, thankfully, has, I'm 6'2 and ugly, but women I have dated that have said they would never date a guy. Not trying to rip on you. I'm saying they would never date a guy under 6'2. No, it's true. Like, uh, I think women are genetically predisposed to, like, want their kids to stand in the back row of the elementary school photos. And, like, they want their kids to play first base. They want their kids to be tight ends. Like, it's just some kind of thing genetically hardwired into women, apparently, that they like tall guys for those reasons. Uh, but, yeah, for for... I'll say I'm not short. I'm undersized, maybe a little bit undersized guys. It's, it could be rough. Do you have height in your family at all? Anywhere? Uh, n- uh, my brother is like the by far the tallest, and he's like five ten and a half. Oh, that sucks. Because if you have like the one tall uncle or grandfather, you can say early in a first date, be like, you know, it's weird that I'm this short because genetically our family is tall. <laughs> really, just get that out there. And you're and talking early in a first date about having kids. <laughs> yeah, no, you, don't, you, don't, you don't do it that way. You know, you just. We say, yeah, by the way, if you want to get knocked up after this date, see, that's you know, yeah, my, gra- my great grandfather was uh, six four, <laughs> real handsome too. Have a picture hey, of him in your wallet. Hey, if you're six ten, I'd sleep with you. I mean, I, 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 I want tall children. Um, all right, Jason. So for you, what would what would you trade to? I don't know if I want to trade it. Can I keep it? I think it's actually a noble thing. I don't oh, know. Oh, it is noble. Maybe it's be... good thing about you. No, no question. I'm just saying it would be worth you to be late to just about everything for the rest of your life. If you could have this or not have this about you, I don't know. I would have to think. I mean, there's a lot of things I've done. I could take a couple things back, but maybe it'd be more like like romantic. Really? Yeah, I'm not good at that. That's it. I don't know. I can't think of anything right now. So you would that, you would be late to ever? But first of all, being late is w- not romantic. Huh? Being late? Yeah. Well, I wouldn't be late. You know. To that right. lady, right. That, but, but if you show up with flowers, then it doesn't matter what time you get there. That's yeah. true. I could so, never change that, though. So, Therese, like if I asked Therese, she'd say you're not romantic. I don't think she would tell you, but I think yes. Out of you think I know I'm not. So. And she did, does that frustrate her? I don't know. You have to ask her. I'm, she's still dating me, so apparently not. But I'm, you know, she writes like no. She goes on a road trip or something. She'll leave me a note. Like I don't do any of that stuff. Well, it's yeah, never too I, late to start. I had to force myself to flowers, like, like oh, okay, something like, like reminder. It wasn't my first thought on top of my head. Now you like, do is like flowers. all you do is like one or two times come up with the no reason flowers, and you're like a hero, and you're like then you can ride those forever. I've gotten that advice before and done that just once Appreciate or twice it. when you when you go to grab some sushi at the grocery store while you're there, grab some flowers. Next thing you know, you're a hero for a week. If I was grabbing sushi. Fabo, I would already be grabbing flowers. You don't grab sushi? No, not a sushi guy. I eat sushi while I grocery I, I know. I've, <laughs> that's that's one of the <laughs> fattest kid thing ever. It's no, one of my favorite. I mean, it's smart, though. You don't want to be hungry. It's, it's so store. perfectly on brand for you to do that, though. That's good. Yeah. I, look, There's not many off-brand things for Couch, though. I mean, everything he tells you, you go like, oh, yeah. Yeah, it yeah, sounds about right. Like, you're not like, what? Graham does what? Are you still a member of, uh, when I was a kid, there was the cookie club? No. So you could go when you had like the cookie card and you got a free cookie at the grocery store? I, I've been a I part imagine of... you're like the oldest member of the cookie club. 
No, but but it makes sense with the sushi because it, it's fairly healthy. It, it's a little sticky, which isn't great for the grocery store. But I have found that if I if I go hung <laughs> if you go to the grocery store hungry, it's a disaster because the decisions you make are awful. If I go full, I don't get anything. I'm like, ah, I don't really need that. I'll come back later. <laughs> Kroger sushi though. If I go uh, Meyer, if I go while I'm eating, if I eat while I shop, I make good decisions, <laughs> and it just works out well for for me. Oh, I get a lot man. of split fee soup, you know. Oh man, it's uh, that's true. You go hungry, it's that's two hundred bucks. No, <laughs> hungry shopping is not one good. Of the bigger disasters. Like God. Chicken wings, frozen. You know what? Not frozen. I'm going to go to the mm-hmm. deli and get two pounds of those now so I can eat them in the car on the way home. <laughs> right. That's so bad. So, Mike, you are leaving the LSJ. Yeah, it's breaking news here. It's yep. not even officially out there yet, so this will just be like a little scoop for the listeners. Really? It's not out there yet? Nah, because what I'm trying to do is since I've only been here, um, I've been here like five and a half months. Yeah, it's not a great look. So I'm trying to delay the announcement as late <laughs> as possible. Months. So that it seems like I was there just a little bit longer. <laughs> well, hopefully no one listens to the show. Right. We no. kind of talked about it. And everyone time. who's listening, yeah. if you guys could just keep it on the DL, maybe yeah. just don't tell anybody for a couple of days, that'd be cool. Yeah, just don't tweet at Mike DeFabo at any point. And, uh, just <laughs> and never do him. that generally. <laughs> yeah. So t- tell us about the, the, the new gig. Yeah, so I'm headed back home. That's the big appeal of it, basically. Uh, I'm going to cover the Pittsburgh Penguins for the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Um, it was the... Uh, a dream of mine when I was I grew up in Latrobe, Pennsylvania, which is like an hour outside of Pittsburgh. Grew up reading the Post Gazette, dreaming of someday working for that paper. When I was 16 years old and I went into journalism, you know, it was my end goal to someday work at the Post Gazette and cover a professional team in Pittsburgh. So to do that, it's really kind of like a dream job for me. And even though I'm going to have to leave Graham, uh, you know, that was really kind of like a pros and cons list. It was like dream job on one side. Dream, uh, leave Graham on the same side. Right? And, then, and then, yeah, yeah, yeah. Leaving Graham also on the pro side. Yeah. No, well, congratulations, first of all. It is it is a cool thing. And as somebody who got to go home for a bucket list job, I, I know, you know, that's important. Even if you like what you're doing, like I struggled leaving where I was because I liked what I had going. And, but, but ultimately, I get the lure. And for those of you wondering, it is not exactly what Cody Tucker did. It's not, and we don't have like a, a lineage, <laughs> a pipeline to the no. Pittsburgh Penguins. Cody Tucker left to go work for Satan, uh, DK Correct. Sports. Yeah, watch and out for that dude. That dude's an ass. And, and I'm sure people have already told you. You know. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's well oh, yeah. aware. He grew up, he grew up there. Oh, if, and so, yeah, if anybody doesn't know, just Google DK and Deadspin. Yeah, you'll and there's see some the interesting stuff. And the funny thing stuff. is Cody did that. And yeah, still went. Well, and I thought Cody could work because the guy had all sorts of sexual harassment. He, he runs his own shop, by the way. And, and first of all, it worked out well for Cody. This is Cody's thing. This is Cody's yeah. thing. Not where I'm going. Right. Yeah, you're going to legitimate operations, your hometown paper. They it, just it, won it, the Pulitzer. Like, this is a legitimate yeah. paper. No, They've got a, a hundred reporters in the newsroom. Like, it's, it's going to be a big awesome. Deal. You know, yep. a big paper, big town. And uh, what Cody did, he went uh worked for this guy. And it was, he he's, look, the guy at least has a solvent thing. He was sort of ahead of the athletic and that and you're running your own subscription based thing uh but he's just a uh, and he was a big time columnist at the post because that years ago right and he, uh at the trib more recently oh, the trib, he had, okay. he'd worked at both both, both papers, papers in town and kind of made a name for himself and then he branched off and started his own thing exactly uh and then you know went nuts and they there's like a running joke you know how there's the the Browns jersey of all the quarterbacks who have failed yeah. there. All the all the writers. It's all the writers who have been fired because the guy's a nut and apparently just like 
fires people left and right. So I went through the process with Cody. I mean, he chatted. We talked a lot about it because he, he did his research. There was one guy we didn't talk to, Dustin Dofriak, who, who, uh, who I like a lot, who had covered the Pittsburgh Steelers for DK Sports and had a major issue and been fired. And I like Dustin enough that that would have been the red flag. I wish I had known that in advising Cody. But one of the things is this guy had all this sexual harassment stuff. He had all these issues. But I thought if there's one dude, like if you look at Cody Tucker, who can, he's not going to sexually harass Cody. Cody told him in the interview. He'd That's kill what him. you're into, though. Yeah, well, yeah. Cody told him in the interview that if he fired him, he'd kill him. <laughs> like, you don't say that in a job interview. Like, that's Cody Tucker. <laughs> I thought this may work. <laughs> Cody may be the one dude that this guy's like met his match. And, and they did go head to head. It was not good. The one good thing that came out of that and it, it, is Cody's running his own shop in Wyoming, which was the dream. Mm-hmm. And he did learn some of the techniques and the, the business side of things from that. So it actually wound up working out well for, for Cody. Just it was a miserable uh, few months. So. Obviously, you are not going into that. No, that, that, very, that very different environment that I'm going into, yeah. But yeah, no, Prady, man, we, we will miss you. You've done uh, done amazing work uh, here in a short period of time, and um, you know, hopefully we'll, we'll replace Damn, you. Damn, Graham, you're getting kind of like, you can't see this because it's radio, but Graham has some tears in his eyes it's, right it's, now. It's when he gets that NPR kinda, voice. Yeah, he's kind of <laughs> choked up a little bit right now, having trouble forming sentences, man. Facebook Live, you can check it out. No, Yeah, no, and, and you know, we... We've had we've hit home runs, I think, in the last two with you and Cody, and so that gives me great hope because it is a good job. And so, the no, we'll, it's an awesome job. We'll, it, we'll land. It's a we'll pretty cool job. Yeah, yeah. You get you get time to do interesting things, and uh, you get to work with you, which is you what know, it is. Pro or con, right? Yeah. And if you get offered a job back in your hometown, I mean, you can't fault Mike. You no, know, for I know you were joking around the first segment. Oh yeah, yeah. No, give no, it no. a year, but if you get that offer, I mean, you got to go. You got to go. Because well, here's the thing, too. If if the Lansing State Journal, let's say that they needed to lay somebody off and they decided I was the one. They wouldn't say, well, he's only been here a certain period of time, Correct. right? It wouldn't go that way. No yeah, doubt. You, you had that locked and loaded. We, we in case anybody came at you at the yeah, other like that. <laughs> he's, been, he's been thinking about this. You had no, that ready. He is right. He is right. We all, we all, this now, business. what I'm trying to say is in, in the state of current state of newspapers and print journalism, yeah. you know, you have to make short term decisions. Right. And I think people are, are more understanding that it's a, uh, you have to make more short short term decisions. It's, yep. it's not like it used to be. You can't go to a place and work your way up for twenty five years. And when we're when you're in our age group, and, and I'm ten years older than you, but you know, still in, in roughly our generational path, what you're trying to do in this business is be the one that turns out the lights. Very mm-hmm. few people get to like retire on their own, right? And you want to be the one that's there. Like you see what happened in Youngstown, Youngstown, Ohio, uh, uh, an area that while not you know doesn't have as much going for it as Lansing just it doesn't have a state capital doesn't have a university quite like Michigan State or anything but it doesn't have the state you know but they just lost their newspaper entirely mm-hmm. I mean that's a scary thing and and what what happens when you when you lose local journalism at, at any level but yeah no props to you man um, I guess I'll keep reading Penguins coverage I got to know the Penguins a little bit reading Cody stuff so I feel like I'm well versed yeah you'll be ready to go I can maybe help you with some betting lines we'll see. That'd be good. We could have, yeah, some NHL betting. I know what uh, you, you start talking gambling with us. Two segments. We're, we're ready to go. All right, more to talk about here with Mike DeFabo. We'll be right back. Couch in the room. 
This is Doug Warren with a Spotlight Sports Minute. So, Alabama native and Clemson football coach Dabo Sweeney is in hot water for comparing himself to Osama bin Laden in a recently unearthed interview from Mike Krzyzewski's Sirius XM radio show. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of like Osama bin Dabo. You know, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta navigate uh, yeah. through, the, through the caves and the back channels to, to get my way around in Alabama these days. Uh, they're not yeah. as happy to see me. The bottom line is this. Dabo Sweeney is a meathead, clueless, out-of-touch football coach, who would fit in better with the likes of Woody Hayes and Bo Schembechler than in the modern day. And more evidence of that is that he's on record saying that paying college athletes would be a form of entitlement. This guy makes $9 million a year to coach football, and paying players would be entitlement? Dabble's salary is the definition of entitlement. I'm Doug Warren. The Spotlight Sports Minute, a production of the Spotlight Radio Network. For more, go to SpotlightRadioNetwork.com. The future of radio is here. NBC News Radio, I'm Phil Hewlett. Final preparations are underway for the 4th of July celebration on the National Mall. President Trump's Salute to America event will cost the National Park Service $2.5 million. Some Democrats say Trump is politicizing the event. The latest ABC Washington Post poll shows Joe Biden holding the lead among Democratic presidential contenders with 29 percent support. Bernie Sanders is second with 23 percent, followed by Kamala Harris and Elizabeth Warren, tied with 11. More than one million people living in southern Japan have been ordered to evacuate ahead of an onslaught of rain. Some areas could be hit with nearly 14 inches of rain in one day. A 9-11 hero who died from a World Trade Center-related cancer is being laid to rest today. NYPD Detective Luis Alvarez died Saturday at the age of 53 from colon cancer linked to his time exposed to toxins at Ground Zero. Phil Hewlett, NBC News Radio. This is where hick meets shit. You're listening to Couch in the Rue. One thing we'll get into next hour, one of our most riveting uh, Twitter poll questions yet. Not even a poll, just a question. Uh, when do you really start to think and uh, clamor for football season? Think about and clamor for football season. What's your trigger date? When would you rather be watching football than enjoying summer? You cue up his mic. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Thank you. Oh, you turn me off? Yeah. <laughs> yeah that was our plan. It's jacked up. Sorry about that. No, no it's, 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 it's not a date. It's a feeling. Yeah. In the air. When does that? When you first get that like uh, breeze coming through at the end of summer, and it's like you're starting to think about maybe putting a pair of jeans on on a Saturday afternoon. That's when you're like, all right, I'm ready for football. I'm ready for football. It is not on July 18th at Big Ten football media days. That's why I'm so surly. It's my grumpiest day of year because it, it interrupts like the natural calendar cycle. Like in early August, at least you start to feel like high school football practice always started at a good time for me. It's like two weeks into August. You see the kids out the first day with helmets and just shorts. That was kind of a fun, right? Uh, you know, okay, here here it goes. July eighteenth, you're like, well, they're you know why they're doing, doing it. it. It makes sense from a marketing standpoint. They're trying to push football season like extended as far in both directions as possible. So by making Big Ten Media Day earlier, it gets people hopefully talking about football earlier. I think it's a mistake because I don't people aren't reading it as much, and so I think even though people are reading it earlier, fewer people are reading it. I think if they did it, and I know the season's a little, uh, the fall camp's a week longer than it used to be and more spread out without the two days, but I, I man, I'm, it's just not. Well, NFL training camps start right around that time, like mid-July. 
Yeah, I guess they start a little so, later than that. Usually, when when's the Lions camp start? What do we, like, July twenty fifth? My guess is July twenty fifth. Most of them start. So it's usually a week later. So maybe maybe a week later would be better. And, and as SEC media days even earlier. But we, as we've said before, if you, if you live in the South, I mean, you're just praying for football season. It's uninhabitable, freaking ninety eight degrees. Nobody 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 wants to be there all summer anyway. You don't have summer, right? You you come north in the summer. Anyway, that's I my, guess so. That's my yeah. anti South thing. All right, so you go to a new job. Right, and I'm wondering. We've all done this. Like, what is what, what? What? Where's the anxiety level? What is your biggest fear? Like, day one, new job, you screw this up. What is it? Mm, well, I actually texted my future boss today and said, like, Hey, do you guys supply us with a laptop, or should I bring one? Because the last thing I would want to do is like show up the first day with like a notebook, and then be like, Uh, like you know, you're a writer, right? Like, there's a newspaper. They should have a laptop for you, right? Well, I hope so. Right? What did he say? You get back. He said, uh, yeah, we probably will be able to give you a company laptop. Probably. Exactly. So it's not official. So I might show up there and like end up with a typewriter or something like that. <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't know, man. Um, uh, it's, it goes back to our last segment. Like being there on time is a big thing. So like I'm sure that I'll probably wake up way too early yeah. and get there way too early the first day and then like go up and my boss won't even be there. And you're, the first day at any place is, I mean, is tiring because you do that, right? You get up too early. You don't get a great night of sleep usually. Yeah. It's long. It's stressful. And and so, yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you. Well, what, the, the, the big thing, I think, when you're starting a new job is basically just don't make a fool of yourself. Because basically, you're going to be the new guy. And so there's some intrigue, I think, around that where they're like, oh, man, there's a new guy. Yeah. Like, what's this guy all about? Yeah, I mean, there, for the for the single women in the newsroom, there will be a level of disappointment because there's anticipation. And then they're going to see you, and it's like, oh, that damn. guy Short, not very right. good looking. Right. Terrible personality. Yeah. Punchable face, as we punchable, always say. Punchable face. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, but you're still the yeah exactly. You're the new guy though. Like the, you're like uh, I don't know, like a new goldfish or something like that. Jason, have you ever had a disastrous first day at a new job, like where you went in there and just screwed it up, or left there thinking, "Boy, did I blow that?" No, I usually quit if it was a disaster. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't get to the point where I've quit a bunch of jobs on the first day. I've, uh, well, I mean, if you consider like construction got jobs working for guys that are kind of shady as first day quitting then yeah like under the table nothing pay. Yeah, yeah, yeah nothing like uh, where i've put an effort in i would never if because you have to put an effort in to get a job and send you know resumes and do all like the question tests they give you i'm gonna give it at least a couple days and then i'll steal something and quit that makes sense yeah that, that's very on brand by the way I'm talking about on brand yeah that's- but you don't want to be the new guy that comes in and is like you know has swagger and you think you're cool you got to just like lay back right yeah, 100%. You just yeah. go in, and, like, the first day, all you're going to do is, like, HR paperwork. Yeah. And, like, the first week, you're probably not doing a ton. You're just kind of, like... Just coming on fire. Hey, what's up, guys? Yeah, just go there. New guy here. Just go there, kind of <laughs> do some work, talk to your boss. And you're going at a perfect time of year, right? Because the NHL slow time is August, so it's it's um, a good time to ease in. You're not, like... Yeah. If you started this mid-September, middle of training camp, it would... You or like, or like here, I started this job in January, right? Worst time, right when Michigan State had a three-game losing streak. You know, I would ask for like some extra access, and they were like all up. You know, they didn't really want to give you a bunch of access. Because who are you? There's well, no, yeah, that, that's that's true. Yeah, exactly. But, but you also, you're right. You came from a place where it was different, where you could get whatever you needed when you needed it, covering mm-hmm. for you, right? Mm-hmm. And and that that changed here, and I and that was an abrupt thing for me when I left covering Western Michigan, which is even a lower level. It was like. 
I remember sitting on the sidelines at football practices and then being like, do you want to talk to this guy? I think I'll talk to him Thursday. It was like Monday. You know, like I it just whenever. Very different, right? Very different world. And, and people weren't so important that they had this one day and there weren't so much, there wasn't so much media around it. What's the, um, what's the story you're most proud of and the one you wish you could have back at the LSJ? Uh, story I'm most proud of, I think, was like probably one of the first big ones I did about Cassius Winston. Yeah. And uh, the thing I liked about that was just he's somebody that I think was written about a lot. Um, but I went and I talked to his parents and his high school coach and his brothers. And I think I was able to find new and interesting things that like told you something, even though that this guy, you may have read 25 articles about Cassius Winston. I think I told some things that maybe you hadn't heard before. And the timing was perfect on it because it ran right after his, the game in Ann Arbor where he was brilliant and played 40 minutes and, you know, they won and, and, the, the, it was sort of the beginning of I think Cassius. I mean, there have been he had been really good all year, but the Cassius Winston fever right. of, of a national level, or, or really people all around the state recognizing just how good he was, was at that moment. Yeah, and what I liked about it too was, uh, you know, I kind of take like two approaches when it comes to stories. It's like either you know somebody has a story, um, you know, like for example, this upcoming season for football, Josh Butler I think is going to have a very interesting story. He, yeah, he he has a. It's really tragic, but I think he's handling it very well. He lost both of his parents while in college. Um, and so he's like almost essentially an orphan, I think. And now he's got these two dogs that he's like, he had one dog and then he's got another one. They're like his family. And yeah. you see him on Twitter with all these videos. Like, I would love to tell that story. And somebody's going to do an incredible job of telling that story. So, like, my approach is either I know the story and I think that that's what it is. Or, like, with Cassius Winston, I was like, this is a a star player of the team, and he deserves to have something interesting written about him. Now, what is it that's interesting? And you just kind of like cast a wide net and talk to as many people as possible until you figure out like, okay, this is what the story is. The um, story you wish you could have back? Uh, I feel like the, the story I did, I, I went to Kyle Arndt's hometown mm-hmm. because uh, you know he, he played through more injuries than they even made public. Like his, his back, I don't think they officially even said exactly what it was. Um, but there was some serious, serious damage there in his back, and he played through that, and kind of, the story was about how, like, his blue-collar roots in this small town helped raise him to be that type of person, and so I went to his hometown of uh, Versailles, 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 Ohio, Yeah, and uh, I was a little bit rushed. They told me to write it then, like, the next day. We did rush. (laughs) (laughs) I I remember the meeting. It was like, Okay, it's three. Uh, can you be down there by tomorrow and back? And can we run that? Then it was the very next quick. day because yeah. you're getting, it was a meeting before the Big Ten tournament. It was post-season. right before the Big Ten tournament. Yeah, you get in a situation where the, the rush is because you you don't know how long people are going to go in tournaments right. or when you're going to or you're trying to get things at a certain time. And yeah, we, we did absolutely. So rush I think that I think that that one t- turned out pretty. It, it turned out all right, yeah. but but I thought that the ceiling for that one was higher than what I reached. Yeah, you know, I, I don't think I reached its ceiling. Um, and it was a story that I like had a lot of fun reporting. Like I went down and talked to his parents and, uh, you know, it cracked me up. We went through town and his dad's like, well, there's the barbershop. There's the hardware store. There's the gas station. And that's it. Yeah. And, you know, they took me around and, uh, they took me to this restaurant called sideliners where apparently when kids win state championships, they come and they'll dance on the bar. It's like a bar restaurant. And, uh, we got these like whopping, uh, what was it like? Uh, it was like pork, what is it called? That like pork sandwiches. 
Yeah, like I, I, I don't know. What Ten, pork ten, the tenderloin, 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 okay, tenderloin yeah, yeah, fried yeah. tenderloin sandwiches. Oh, that sounds amazing. It was just like it was just small town America. Good vibe. Do a eating contest of pork, pork tenderloin sandwiches. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> I just felt like I didn't necessarily convey the vibe that I wish I would have with the yeah. story. No, I, we've all been there. I, I regret at least two thirds of the stories I write. And uh, oh yeah. yeah, most of the time more than that. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. We'll be right back. Catch the roof. It's time for Did You Know, brought to you by the Greater Lansing Sports Authority. Did you know that with just the sports events coordinated by the GLSA, over 75,000 athletes are brought to Greater Lansing every year? Add to that family, friends, and hundreds of thousands of spectators, and you've got a significant impact on the local economy. That's millions of dollars over the last 10 years. Are you involved in a sports event that could be a fit for Greater Lansing? Find more information at lansingsports.org. And now you know. This is Doug Warren with a Spotlight Sports Minute. Students at the Harvard Business School will be delving into world wrestling entertainment as part of an upcoming course. The WWE announced Tuesday that a case study on the company will be included in the course entitled The Business of Entertainment, Media, and Sports beginning this fall. The course will explore factors that drive sustained success for organizations and individuals in sports and entertainment, understand how companies can diversify beyond their core business to create engagement and value for their fans and other stakeholders, and how business can best pursue contracts with star talent. The course will be for second-year Master of Business Administration students and will also cover major sports and entertainment brands such as Disney, NBC Universal, Nike, along with personalities like Dwayne The Rock Johnson and LeBron James. That's your Spotlight Sports Minute. I'm Doug Warren. The Spotlight Sports Minute, a production of the Spotlight Radio Network. For more, go to SpotlightRadioNetwork.com. The future of radio is here. You're listening to Couch in the Rube, a Spotlight production. You're connected to Business Wrap in a snap. Julie Mann here, the host of Work Matters, the show that ponders, does work matter? And if it does, why? For over 30 years, my background has afforded me the opportunity to be entrenched in business issues and people issues. And the common thread behind many business challenges is that work does matter and that employees do matter. And both of these are very important to business culture and also to business success. So on Work Matters, we focus on workplace issues and topics to help your business grow. One of the topics that does matter to business, especially in today's time, is creating mechanisms for employees to engage with the community, and what we find is that when we create that community engagement, we also create retention. For businesses, we know having multiple strategies to drive our employee retention is very important to business success because that turnover component of having employees continually turn over does create challenges to a business. So we find a key component in engaging employees to want to stay with businesses is also driving them to the purpose of the organization and extending that purpose out into the community to find those community partners. So if you'd like to learn more about how your business can lead the way in creating retention strategies through community partnerships, please join us on Work Matters. This is Julie Mann, and yes, Work Matters. For more in-depth business discussion on this topic and many more, go to businesswrap.biz. Also, download the free OneTouch Business Wrap app by searching Business Wrap on the Apple App Store or Google Play. And from our founder, Suzanne Heward. That's a wrap.
we just talk about it for five minutes? You're listening to Couch and the Rue. All right, a couple more minutes here with Mike DeFabo here on Couch and the Rube, our uh, Wednesday show. Next couple of days, we'll have best ofs. Um, Jason and I will be off relaxing, getting tan, getting lathered up, something like that. Drinking some Bud Heavies, uh, hopefully not lighting fireworks in your hand. Well, actually, Keystone lights for him, but yes, the fireworks. I mean, yeah. Jason, what are the odds that, that you will have both hands on Monday? How many digits do you expect to arrive at work with on Monday? I'm hoping 10. Yeah. I don't get as crazy as I used to. I mean, Roman Candles. But you almost blew a kid's face off the other day in DeWitt I when mean, you were at a party. You make it really sound dramatic. That's sort of how you painted the picture. <laughs> the kid though. got in the way of one of these fireworks I was trying <laughs> to let off. His face got in the way of one of my fireworks. The parents were <laughs> not be, good. Yeah, okay. <laughs> it was neglectful parenting, to be honest, if you want to really break it down, to be honest with you. I don't know. It just set the mood and the owner when the owner of the house is like, okay, enough fireworks. What are you going to do? You know? What happens I'm not going to be that big of a jerk. And just so you don't hang out in schools of choice districts, you know? I know, but the kids should have been in bed by then. Yeah. Again, terrible parenting. Really bad parenting. You ever almost, you, are you a fireworks guy? Uh, I guess, yeah. Like, you, do you? No, he's act, not. Yeah. Do you have to hesitate and say that? I mean, I don't, I, no, I haven't gone a sta- a, across state lines. You're not going to Indiana. $14,000 worth of fireworks. No, I have not done, done that. that. No, I, done I, that. I, I'm, I'll get a couple of the stupid bottle rockets and like. Whoa, whoa, stupid. You can here's here's my here's Dairy. my take on fireworks. They need to make them better because what happens is like you have a lousy bottle rocket and you shoot off eight of them and then you're like, all right, now I'm bored. Let's shoot one at like my little sister. Let's shoot one at like the next door neighbor's house because you're bored. Yeah, but you got to get better stuff than bottle rockets. That's what I'm though. saying. That's yeah. what I'm saying is like I don't know what the laws. What are the laws in Michigan? What can you get? Can you get a Roman candle you in can Michigan? Fire them out of your ass. It doesn't matter. <laughs> no. Yeah. City yeah. ordinance are pretty. Dude, I went pretty down, Yeah, too. I went down off of Saginaw and got yeah. a whole bunch for three hundred bucks. Yeah. And they, they're comparable. They're comparable to your, well, if you're bored, instead of firing them off at people. No, I mean, I don't know. Got to get better than bottle rockets, though. Well, that's my take, because I grew up in Pennsylvania, right? And, like, you get one of those tanks, and, like, you light it, and it, like, goes back and forth a couple times and, like, changes colors. And then, like, you just basically accidentally turned your driveway orange and blue. Like, that's all it did. It doesn't, didn't do anything cool. So then you're like, all right, well, this is stupid. Then you pick it up and, like, throw it at somebody instead. And it was more dangerous. Yeah. So, so my See, t- Fabes has never seen any real. I've, dude, I'm going to go out to the trunk. Real action. I'm going to go out the trunk at the top of the hour. I'm going to light one off in the front front of this place right now just to show you. Our, our thing was Drano bombs back in the 90s. Oh, yeah. Remember Drano bombs? Those were really dangerous. Like, it was like tin foil, two liter, Drano. <laughs> throw them in a up. mailbox. Yeah, it was not, not, not advised. Created new laws in the Lansing area. Yeah. It was part of that wave of, of delinquents. Fire, it up firecrackers everybody. are fun. Firecrackers in your neighbor's mailbox. Yep, absolutely. Firecrackers on your fingers. All, all good stuff. Well, Mike, man, we appreciate you. It's been, uh, it's been fun road tripping with you. I think you can speak to my donut love as much as anybody. Oh, and, I really uh, can. I'm going to miss you and your food towel. My food towel, which is also <laughs> a sweat towel. It doubles as, <laughs> as many things. We will miss you. We're hoping to, uh, we're hoping to be three for three. We had Cody Tucker. Then we had Mike DeFabo. We're hoping the next person is, is just, just as talented. As, just as long as you call them the new Mike DeFabo, since you called me the new Cody Tucker nonstop. For a that's while. All, that's yeah. all that I ask, all at right, least new, for a couple weeks. This is, the new, <laughs> this is the new Mike DeFabo. Mike, we appreciate you. I know you're uh, procrastinating on work this afternoon. That's right. Go get that done. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks a lot, Graham. We'll be right back. Couch in the Roof. 
Michael Patrick Shields here. My pal Jim Baker runs Corporate Office Interiors, and COI will give your office or commercial space a fresh new look using remanufactured workstations. This is Jim Baker, owner of Corporate Office Interiors, with offices in Lansing, Detroit, and servicing the entire state of Michigan. We are committed to providing you with exceptional results on your next office project. On time, on budget, every time. Contact us at corporateofficeinteriors.net and let us help you. Your lawn care tip of the day from Pure Green Lawn and Tree Professionals. Watering is a very important part to maintaining a thick, healthy green lawn. As the weather starts to warm up, the lawn's requirement for water will increase, possibly up to two inches weekly. Consult your lawn care professional to dial in the details on perfect watering without water waste. For more information, visit puregreenlawn.net. Politics, business, sports. This is the Spotlight Radio Network. SpotlightRadioNetwork.com. NBC News Radio, I'm Phil Hewlett. Final preparations are underway for the 4th of July celebration on the National Mall. The Washington Post reports President Trump's Salute to America event will cost the National Park Service $2.5 million. Military tanks will be stationed around the event, and a flyover is set to take place over the mall when Trump takes the stage near the Lincoln Memorial. The Blue Angels will then fly over before a 35-minute fireworks display. Russian President Vladimir Putin signed legislation that will suspend a 1987 nuclear missile treaty with the United States. The Intermediate Range Nuclear Forces Treaty will officially come to an end on August 2nd. Ross Cullen has more from Moscow. This was the response expected from the Kremlin following U.S. President Donald Trump's exit from the agreement earlier this year. Both the United States and Russia accuse each other of violating the terms of the treaty, which was signed by their former leaders Ronald Reagan and Mikhail Gorbachev. The INF was meant to see a total elimination of their respective stocks of intermediate and medium-range, land-based and nuclear-capable missiles. Ross Cullen, Moscow. Former Vice President Joe Biden leads the latest Democratic presidential poll on the strength of his perceived electability. The new ABC Washington Post poll shows Biden the favorite of 29 percent of Democrats and Democratic-leaning independents. Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders is second at 23 percent, while California Senator Kamala Harris and Massachusetts Senator Elizabeth Warren are tied for third with 11 percent each. Users of Facebook and Instagram are still reporting outages worldwide. According to downdetector.com, which monitors site outages, the issue began this morning. Facebook's WhatsApp and Messenger apps were also reporting problems. On Twitter, Facebook said that it's aware of people having trouble uploading or sending images, videos, and other files on their apps. You're listening to the latest from NBC News Radio. A goal by Alex Morgan, imaginary spot of tea, and a huge save by Alyssa Nair in the United States national team as one win from another Women's World Cup championship. With star Megan Rapinoe out with a balky hamstring, it was Morgan's turn to put on the show. Her header on her 30th birthday turned out to be the game winner as the U.S. beat England 2-1 in the semifinals. After the goal, Morgan set off a firestorm on Twitter, celebrating by sipping an imaginary cup of tea, pinky out. I wanted to keep it interesting. I know Megan Rapinoe has the best celebration, so I had to try to step up this game. And I feel like this team just has had so much thrown at them and... That's the T. Then U.S. goalkeeper Nair kept the game from T, as in tie, with a PK save in the 81st minute. Rapino says she'll be ready to play Sunday's final. 
NBA free agency, still no decision from Kawhi Leonard. Appears to be a three-team race between the Raptors, Lakers, and Clippers. MLB, LA Angels, emotional 9-4 win at Texas, one day after the death of pitcher Tyler Skaggs. Matt Stewart, NBC News Radio. Today, of course, a busy travel day nationally with the Independence Day holiday coming up tomorrow. You'll find severe weather to contend with across the central and southern Great Lakes. Severe thunderstorms will stretch from Des Moines to Chicago, highs in the 80s, and a risk of severe weather in cities including Indianapolis, Cincinnati, and east into Pittsburgh. Wheeling, West Virginia, too, may see severe thunderstorms with the potential for damaging winds and hail, even isolated tornadoes. The northeast in the 80s today with some sunshine, scattered thunderstorms for the Gulf of Mexico coast, 90 in Jackson, Mississippi, 90 as well, Mobile, Alabama, 88 with thunderstorms in Houston. Out west, the weather good for travel, 90 and sunny in Denver, 90 as well, sunny in Santa Fe, New Mexico, and it will be in the 60s and 70s along the California coast, but sunny and hot for the interior of California, near 90 in Sacramento, cloudy and 73 in Seattle today. That's your national weather forecast. Mike Ellis, NBC News Radio. This is Doug Warren with a Spotlight Sports Minute. When the Iron Mountain Mountaineers made it to the state semifinals at the Breslin Center last March for the first time in school history, Tom Izzo, the school's most famous alum, took the team's players and coaches on a tour of the Breslin Center and allowed the high school players to watch a MSU practice. In the mind of the NCAA, those are violations. Asinine. The following day, Izzo avoided a second violation when he and Steve Mariucci were going to pay for part of a team dinner involving the Iron Mountain squad. MSU Compliance noted the potential violation. Steve Mariucci covered the entire cost. Crisis averted. Has North Carolina been punished for having fake classes for their athletes yet? No, because they also allowed regular students to take part in the fake classes. What a convenient loophole. Sir, you're out of order. Out of order. I show you out of order. The NCAA is out of order. I'm Doug Warren. The Spotlight Sports Minute, a production of the Spotlight Radio Network. For more, go to SpotlightRadioNetwork.com. The future of radio is here. What do you get when you cross a know-it-all newspaper columnist with an awkward, unsophisticated everyman? Yeah... Uh, well, I'm just not sure about that right now. Welcome to Couch and the Rube. Welcome to Hour 2 of Couch and the Rube, our Wednesday show. Last show of the week. Uh, we are taking off July 4th and 5th. We will have a best of show here, and we'll be back on Monday. Um, hope you got something fun going on July 4th. I'm assuming fireworks for you. Do you know the extent of the fireworks? Where, when, if people want to come get their head blown off with you? I think we were going to hang out with Doug, but uh, Doug has been under the weather, so I don't know if he's going to be ready by tomorrow. There's a trunk full sitting right out in front here in that car, so they're going to be lit somewhere. I, I keep I'm guessing th- at the house. I keep thinking over. at some point like the car's just going to explode. Right nah, this fireworks. Building. Dude, you should see how fireworks get sent over here. Yeah. I mean, if they can make that, they can handle a little trunk heat because i believe me i thought about that too you just don't want to get fireworks wet now if you know someone hit me now you got me thinking someone rear-ended me or something instead of spark but the trunk the trunk's closed yeah yeah it's good yeah it's good a couple hundred bucks you know it's fun they give you now you can go now if you go today man you get three for one it's great 
Like yep. a kid in a candy store when I, I go in those places. I don't know what we're doing yet, if anything. Wife's coming home. Um, we're doing something Saturday, going out to a lake in a, in a barbecue thing where um, the uh, reigning uh, egg, egg t- uh, what is it, egg toss, balloon toss, egg run champion we are as a pair. What did, what, what did you just say to me? <laughs> what, egg run? What are you talking oh, you, about? It's like an egg on a spoon, I think. Or No, is it like an egg? Oh, no, it's like an egg between your neck. you got to like pass it between. I forget oh, how you oh, do Oh, the it. ones where they make you look like an ass? Yeah, yeah. Those things. I hate those. But the real key to winning is being just a little more sober than the people next to you at the time of the thing and then getting hammered. Sort of my, my play. And uh, I would think you have to get pretty hammered to do an egg thing out of your neck. If it was like Same. a dude you were sharing it with, you know, it would be one thing, but it's your wife, it's, it's, it's not so bad. It's, 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 not, it's not really bad. You guys do a potato sack race, too? There is that, I think, three-legged or potato. Yeah, there's all that stuff. And, and it's with the, yeah, it, it works. It's fun. And I hope they have it. Uh, Any other white privilege stuff you guys do up there? Hey, man, there's a, there's a, <laughs> it's a nice lake, but it's not, this isn't overly done. This is, you know, there's as much. Um, I think this is the first year we're not going to cold water, I think. Okay. I love that. It's fun, man. Got a pontoon out there. It's nice when you know other people that have stuff. Yes. You know? Yeah. We should get it. Yeah, you go it. and get to leave. Couch in the roof pontoon boat. Dude, too expensive. You'd have some parties out there, though. I love a good pontoon boat. Um, few things. One, apparently uh, there's some landing. This, this is weird. I didn't. I got. You ever been signed up for something you didn't know was happening? Yeah, the LancyStateJournal.com. Right, that 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 too. So I'm paying seven bucks a month for now. Some Lansing Ignite. Because I have a friend that works there, apparently. <laughs> Lansing Ignite. All right. Fans set up this thing with me and Phil Friend. Oh, Phil yeah. Phil is running with it. Uh, it's a chance an evening Atlantic Ignite match with myself and Graham Couch delivering the takes. Unbelievable that Graham got first. I don't know. There's a picture of the two of us spending the evening with Graham Couch and Phil Friend. I mean, that there's a contest for this. Should have been there last night. It was free. Yeah, I mean, who would want that? I mean, I appreciate it, but you guys are fun. I mean, hey, man, if it's you get to go to an ignite game, I mean, what else do you get? Is that it? Buy some beer for him, or I mean, it was a good time. Been to worse stuff. Yeah, no, no question. I, I, I'm looking forward to it. I just didn't know it was happening, and so we'll have to figure it out because uh, there are only so many dates left before uh, the. Uh, the fall and the fall are they're all like MSU football home game home yeah. conflicts, but we'll make it work. It will it's be, be it tough, will be absolutely fun. So put out a poll question because that's what we do here in the summer. Absolutely. And um, question was, when do you really start to think about and clamor for football season? What's your trigger date? And when you'd rather be watching football than enjoying summer? And we've got some decent responses. They're all over the place, and this is partly an experiment for myself because it's when do you start writing about football? You don't want to write too early. I'm telling you, like you waste your time. Like this week. Mike DeFabo did an awesome story on the uh, the former MSU wrestler who's a UFC Hall of Famer. Rashad Evans. Rashad Evans. Yeah. Great story. Unbelievable story. If you get a chance, go read it. The LSJ. Hardly anybody's read it. It's just not done well. And it's 4th of July week, right? It's the timing of it. You don't want to do your best work this week. It gets kind of wasted. It gets overshadowed by people. Got other stuff going on. That's fine. Same with football. At what point? Do you, do you start to turn? And and he brought it up that first time there's a little bit of a breeze and, you know, it first feels like a little fall and you get excited. And to me, it was always about just covering preps for several years. It was that first high school football practice in August, helmets and shorts, just sort of you start to get 
jazzed for it. And that's probably about my clock, internal clock too, which is like what, like August 8th, 9th, 10th, in that range. It's about where I start to get Where are you? Where, when do you start? And I know you're a, a year-round Lions guy, but when do you yeah. really start to think, I'm Jones and for it. I would rather be watching football on a Saturday than chilling on a pontoon boat. When does we, that happen? I think we talked about it. It's after the last game of the NBA Finals. Yeah. When I know, I mean, the NBA playoffs are great because they're a stopgap for guys like you and I that love the NBA. Um, I do get depressed when I know it's going to be the last NBA game. The clock runs out. So, right, honestly, right then and there. I, w- I would like to talk fantasy football right then, uh, talk line schedule. I like doing that anyway. But as far as reading it, I get what you guys do. I understand it doesn't make sense to kind of write your best stuff, like you said, um, right now, maybe like feature pieces. But I would, I still want to hear. People still like hearing about the day-to-day stuff. I love reading that stuff about the Lions and fantasy football. You know, fantasy football, I kind of hold off till about August. But if you want to talk about it, I would be down. What you know, top players and stuff. So, no. I mean, I'm down at any time. But right when after the NBA is when you're on, yeah. So what we're getting from some people, um, some people are much later and earlier. I mean, you can tell people who love summer or in the middle of summer, like the weekend after Labor Day, maybe. Uh, says uh, Matt Hepner. Mm-hmm. Um, Steve uh, Isbister says after the MLB All Star Game. Um, so two segments on MS, MSU special teams next Wednesday, please. No, I, and I get that. There are some people, like, there are triggers. Like, it's, it's it's a cyclical thing, and you can have moments where we always went to the lake this week in July, and this is our summer thing, and then we come back, and, and I'm thinking about football. Or when NFL training camp starts. I remember being going to Maine with my parents and reading the Boston Globe. This is pre-internet. Like, I used to love, once the internet was around, and, like, the, when I was a teenager – I'd go down to the Saco Library and um, print out like the Detroit Free Press and news and read about the Lions or read about free agency with the Pistons. And I'd just come, instead of reading it there in the library, I thought it was fun. I, I would like print out, take all the printouts and go to the beach and just lay on the beach and re- read, uh, read printouts about. Uh, and, uh, but I love doing it with the Boston Globe with the Patriots. And I remember being there and like seeing the helmets pictured in late July and all of a sudden the juices get going. I think because it means a lot more work for me now. It's helped push the clock back. Um, Spartan Dogs uh, says, I think it's perfect as is. Uh, Mike uh, DeShelter says, whenever I'm forced to watch the Tigers play. And I think the Tigers are ultimately making, like if the Tigers were in a freaking pennant race right now. Anything. We, we, we'd we be a little more like, or even a wild card hunt. If they were relevant, yeah. competitive. If they had a team like 2013's team or something yeah. like that with a couple stars or you could see Scherzer, Verlander every other day, something ah. like that, yes, it would definitely help hold off football. But when the Tigers stink and there's nothing other than our gambling bets to pretty much keep you watching. That reminds me, I tough. forgot to get in the... They have a doubleheader today. They played it two. I didn't get in a bet. Ah, oh, man. It's the first one I missed. I'm going to have to try and get on the live line for us and go the other way. Double uh, it. That's not good. Playing the White Sox. I hope nobody scores in the first period. We can get the regular live line. I'll have to follow that and get some Hoff when it happens. Um, my apologies. Wasn't paying. The early game, man, that's, that, that, that's, that, that's really rough. Um, back to the uh, – somebody says, I begin thinking about it when State's first offensive lineman gets hurt the first day of fall camp. Maybe else July 5th is uh, TFC – was Buck Shank who said the the offensive lineman thing. Josh Ellis, the day after March Madness. I know people are like that too, where it's a college sports thing. Late June is Jack the Third. 
Um, and Dan Robinson said something. It used to be when EA Sports NCAA football game would come out. Like, there's sometimes something that triggers you there, too. Where, um, I mean, what if Michigan State moved the spring game to, like, somewhere in this month? You couldn't do it, though. Couldn't? No, because they're not in school. They've been, you know, you have it in spring practice. It wouldn't work. Um, plus, you don't want an injury that you don't have time to recover from. Jeremy Warner Monday says early October. He loves summer. Um, you can tell right after the Super Bowl, Jordan Mack, 2419. And Mitch Stir, when the NHL and NBA are over, and the only thing to watch is baseball, thank, thank the sports gods of the World Cup this year. We're going to get into that in a minute. Okay. I know Jason wants to get into it. Eric Schultz, I'm not truly invested in football as a whole until summer weather is officially done. Some years that's Labor Day, others it's late September. With that said, MSU football takes precedent over any summer activity. I really begin wanting it when fall camp starts. Matt Boone in August, Matt C. a month ago, Dominic opening day. David Jackson, come on, be serious. I clamor for college football beginning on the day that I decide the Tigers aren't competitive for postseason play. And the Tigers are great. It, um, it came when coverage ramped up in the media combined with me buying Street and Smith's college football annual. Some of that's too, like, I, that was a good one because, um, and, and Rook says opening night, not before summer goes by too fast as is. I remember being a kid, you know, those college football magazines when you first get into the, the bookstore. And you see them for the first time, and it's like, oh, gosh. And they come out earlier and earlier now, but it used to be like early July. And, oh, yeah, and I read about my team and see the helmet. The helmets are everything. Like football helmets elicit a greater emotional response, I think, than any other uniform in any sport. And it's why you shouldn't have alternative helmets and jerseys when you have a classic. It's why you should never have bronze or bright green. Or if you're Michigan State and you have classic helmets, it does not make much sense. It's like the, uh, the Phil Steele magazine when I see that. And he puts that out. Um, I've always I've read his stuff for twenty years. He's kind of in the Greg Peterson category of just crazy with the stats and analytics stuff. It's hard to read. It's a hard read. It actually. is hard, but it's nice to have. He knows his stuff. Yeah, when you can flip to a page and yeah, it's, it's kind of old school in that way where everybody's like kind of still on internet stuff. But it's cool to still see a guy put a magazine out and and for gambling purposes, his is really good. Yeah, because there's a lot of info in there. But there is some a part of you because he puts it out at the end of June, start of July, and you're kind of like, well, is it going to be relevant when we get to right? There are certain things season. week one, and week one is always what the worst gambling week there is, right? I mean, week one to me is or the best if you win, <laughs> you jump on some games that maybe right, but it's Vegas just every, know either. The, yeah, right. That's I guess that's true, but I usually, I mean, I usually just don't know yet, you know, and I, I don't know. I think some of my worst losses over my life have been week one, so excited for football that I had to play action, no discipline, and, you know, oh, well, I'm, I'm playing it, you know, and that's, it, it, this is. Yeah, because you want to, I mean, honestly, if you're going to jump on Vegas at any point, week one, if you can find some sort of edge, if you know something that maybe they don't know, because by week three, you think that they're going to figure it out, start to see trends. Yeah, it's hard to know. I and mean, if you do know something, if you know a mid-major, we're getting into this before the we're going to do some gambling stuff before the the football opens on like how to bet week one. Because if you do know something, if you do know a mid-major team is just overmatched. Because not all mid-major teams are created equal, and sometimes the betting line treats them all the same. There was a year that, and I remember UAB played Michigan State. Michigan State beat them like forty-five nothing. I was covering Western Michigan at the time in Kalamazoo. You know, I lived there. I heard that, yeah. 
And uh, times last night too. One of the great things about covering Western Michigan is after their press conference on Tuesdays, and which was sort of irrelevant because their weekly coaches' press conference, I would also be able to talk to the coach Monday night or Tuesday after practice or Wednesday after practice. But he would stick and have lunch with us. We'd just sit at the same table, right? And and we'd just chat. And he was friends with a new UAB coach, and he just said bluntly, he said, uh, it's it's going to be ugly. He just knew. And you'd get little insight and little little tea leave like that, and you knew the line was safe. And because uh, the coach, the coach of the other team had told him it was going to be, it was absolutely. I won some decent money on Michigan State football last year, just by knowing, you know, that they were in, week stink? out talking about it. No, I mean, just but talking about it, sometimes the bookmakers in Vegas sometimes don't see certain; they can see trends with numbers and stuff. But you know, like you guys were telling me that Lewerke's arm, there was something wrong. There's something wrong with Lewerke, right? And there were some lines, you know, against Indiana and stuff that where you could get a little edge. That's pretty much all you need, right? It's just a little, little bit of an edge. Yeah, you you need to know something that other people don't. That's why if you guys who cover the mid majors, that's why the MAC was so lucrative for me. Because the if you cover the Sun Belt or low major, whatever it is that has a line, Vegas doesn't know as much. There's not as much action, so they're also not as worried about it. When we talked to Trevor. What's he most worried about? He's worried about making the mistake when he sets a line where South Point takes a hit, right? Sure. And and obviously that's his job not to have South Point lose money because he, you know, put a line out there that was too enticing, invited too much money, and it went one way. And and so that you don't have to worry about that because Vegas isn't worried about that. They're not worried about hey this Miami Ohio Akron game. We don't really have it a hundred percent, but you know what? Not a whole lot of money on it. But that's great for the random beat writer in Kalamazoo who knows both those teams pretty intimately. Speaking of, uh, Kawhi is in Toronto right now. Breaking he's, news. He's in Toronto? Or he's, he's in Toronto meeting with the Raptors. That's why last night I told you. Man. I said it's not going to be announced until at least later tonight or tomorrow, like uh, Woj said. But he was going to give the Raptors the last meeting, and he hasn't done that yet. So that's what you were like last night at Moneyball. Like, I got to keep refreshing. I'm like, I don't. It's not going to happen. I don't yet, see right? it happening until maybe tomorrow. I guess that, that would be a Kawhi thing, right? Announcing it tomorrow or July fourth. Yeah, I mean, you got to think like if you're these. It's been interesting to watch the, the NBA guys because it really does mess with your schedule. You, you don't. This is not a week off for you at all. Uh, although I did see that Kornheiser and Wilbon took it off. Like those guys are like, yeah, they don't care. We'll I mean, come back. Honestly, as long as who are you depending on on TV to give you the news? You're not the TV people. I'm not worried about. Right, Woj, Shams, those guys. I'm looking at Twitter, waiting for them. So they can honestly, you can do it remotely if you're on vacation. Just be like, "Hey, I got to do this. Hopefully, I get some free time at some point. I don't know." But those TV, you know, they just give you the recap and all that stuff. So I don't know. So I've been trying to keep hanging out. I've been trying to do this Tigers live bet for us. You know, waiting for the first inning, top of the first inning to end. And so it was two out. So that were good. Then the Tigers got two on here. It's just taking freaking ever. I apologize. Otherwise. I have not, I have not, I didn't realize. I thought the double, is this a double header from last night's rainout? I thought that got moved to September. Or was this a previously scheduled double header? That's why I was confused. I didn't realize there was a double header today. That's, I didn't, I didn't know it got rained out last night. Yeah, it got rained out last night. I, I don't think this is that double header though. Like, I did see a tweet that this will be made up September 16th or something like that. And so I, I didn't think of the idea of a double header today. And apparently, um, Apparently it was absolutely, uh, absolutely wrong. So it happens. 
I apologize. And here's what, speaking of the Tigers, here's where we're at with them. We thought about, my wife has to go to Detroit for something Friday afternoon this week. 3.30 appointment. It was like, oh, the Tigers are home against the Red Sox at night. We just go out to dinner, go to a game. My mom's like, you want to go to the Lugnuts game with me? We're both like, yeah, we'll just do that. Like, that's where that's the sad part of it. We had a reason to be in Detroit already. She's got to go. The miles have to be put on the car. It's the Red Sox, not a bad opponent. Oh, I thought you said White Sox. The Red Sox. Oh. White Sox are right now. Red Sox are this weekend. Oh. Yeah. And they're at, in Chicago right now. It was not a bad trip. My weather's a little questionable, but, you know. And yeah, but how much per ticket? Wasn't that bad, although she was looking at some and didn't see them great. But I had seen some that were in the 25 buck range. Not bad. Yeah. I'm stuffing my pockets, though. We just, I'm you going know, in heavy. It's just uh, to, to Pretzels, go see these Tigers. Beer. To go see these Tigers. Yeah, no. I'm just not that interested. I'm just not. I'm not even interested in the. And there's better ways you can. I'd rather do something else. You well, know and I mean? we had the Detroit Lansing argument right yesterday. Not argument, but you know, this week when I was getting on Detroit, and 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 I do like this actual city of Detroit. Oh, uh, you live in Lansing? What the hell? Hey, still a baseball game. It ain't that much lower level than what the Tigers are putting forth right now. The beer is still beer is actually a little bit cheaper. A Come, tad, a tad cheaper. Got a wristband that gives me all I can eat. Yep. Um, wristband? I come across the bar is Five right years. across the street. And it's a $3 Uber home after that. And you know what? Like last night, that kind of, because I get claustrophobic sometimes. Yeah. Last night with Moneyball, I, there's people just on top of it. You know, I, you know. Like I love old, nuts, you don't have to worry about that. I love old Shillelagh, but how is the beer there any better than it is at Nuthouse? It's not. It's the beer. And I'm with my it's wife either way. And the yeah, is it? I mean, it's not. I've been to great Irish pubs. Moriarty's better Irish pub. Mm. Sure. Less sweat, less B.O. <laughs> That's the other problem. If it's hot and you get B.O. on you, Tigers now have the bases loaded with two outs. It's getting interesting. What are they doing? I don't know. But it, we actually want them to score because that will affect the line, and then we can jump on it really favorably. We don't want them to score too much. Then, it, then, we're, then we're out. We're not playing this game. But if they get one run here, we can get a really nice line. That's what we're hoping for. One run. Bases loaded. Double it. Yeah. it's uh, Ship it all. It's a strange way to do a radio broadcast while watching the uh, MLB. Actually, it's probably on TV here. We probably just put the game on TV. That's true. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm watching that. the, the whatever the stat, the, the cast or the game cast or whatever the hell they do. All right, I want to talk some Women's World Cup with you because oh, I've been man. waiting to do it. Well, let me cut this break short. Yeah, make it, make it as short as you can. Yeah. There's some interesting stuff yesterday. And yes, sir. From a gambling standpoint, it was an interesting day. You can always, you know how to reel me back in. Yep. And we'll get into that next. Couch in the room. When it's your moment, that once-in-a-lifetime moment, you don't just want jewelry. You can get that anywhere. You want a memory that will go down in history. Your history. Your moment. We're Metawar, crafted with exquisite style, quality, and love. So your present will be stunning every time you look at it, every time someone notices it, and they will notice. We've devoted our lives to this art, and we're proud to share it with you. The gift you want to give is here. Metawar Jewelers in Lansing, Ogemus, Jackson, Portage, and Brighton. 
It's time for Did You Know, brought to you by the Greater Lansing Sports Authority. Did you know that with just the sports events coordinated by the GLSA, over 75,000 athletes are brought to Greater Lansing every year? Add to that family, friends, and hundreds of thousands of spectators, and you've got a significant impact on the local economy. That's millions of dollars over the last 10 years. Are you involved in a sports event that could be a fit for Greater Lansing? Find more information at lansingsports.org. And now you know. This is Doug Warren with a Spotlight Sports Minute. Students at the Harvard Business School will be delving into world wrestling entertainment as part of an upcoming course. The WWE announced Tuesday that a case study on the company will be included in the course entitled The Business of Entertainment, Media, and Sports beginning this fall. The course will explore factors that drive sustained success for organizations and individuals in sports and entertainment, understand how companies can diversify beyond their core business to create engagement and value for their fans and other stakeholders, and how business can best pursue contracts with star talent. The course will be for second-year Master of Business Administration students and will also cover major sports and entertainment brands such as Disney, NBC Universal, Nike, along with personalities like Dwayne The Rock Johnson and LeBron James. That's your Spotlight Sports Minute. I'm Doug Warren. The Spotlight Sports Minute, a production of the Spotlight Radio Network. For more, go to SpotlightRadioNetwork.com. The future of radio is here. You're listening to Couch in the Rube, a Spotlight production. Facebook has taken on snake oil salesmen. Social Network says it's changed the newsfeed ranking and will lower the visibility of posts that exaggerate or mislead people on health topics, such as by promising miracle cures. Facebook will also take similar actions on posts that promote products or services based on suspicious health-related claims, such as medications or pills that say they can speed up the weight loss process. Daily time spent on Facebook by U.S. adult users fell by three minutes in 2018 to an average of 38 minutes per day on the platform on all devices. eMarketer says the picture is somewhat brighter at Instagram, where the average daily time on the Facebook-owned platform will reach 27 minutes this year among U.S. adult users. And time spent will increase by one minute every year through 2021. Chinese border guards are reportedly installing surveillance apps on the phones of some tourists. New York Times says without notifying phone owners, border guards have installed the app when people attempt to cross into the Xinjiang region. Tech Report, Larry Olson, NBC News Radio. Politics. It was an honor that you asked me to step over that line, and I was proud to step over the line. I thought you might do that. I wasn't sure, but I was ready to do it, and I want to thank you. It's been great. Hey, guys, you know what? America does not want to witness a food fight. They want to know how we're going to put food on their table. Sports. We're trying. Um... You know, we stayed in the game, got got close at the end, got men on. They're trying. I couldn't ask for a better place to get a win. Couldn't be more grateful for the fans of Detroit. SpotlightRadioNetwork.com Gambling, booze, and lots of opinions. You're listening to Couch and the Rue. So this Tigers game is uh, it's now that it's two nothing Tigers or sorry yeah and, and bases loaded two out still. Um, I'm actually glad we're not on this game now. This White Sox pitcher and the opener seems to be a disaster. We will just play tonight's game, I think. Is it? Uh, yeah, but what's the what are the odds? Well, I think see. They're not done yet. As soon as we can get out of this inning, um, let's see here. Oh, mid first. There we go. Let me see what the odds are. That. Uh, 
see if we can get something here. Give me a little hoff for a second. I don't, uh, they're not up yet. They're, maybe they're not giving us a middle of the inning, half inning uh, line here. Will you put it on the TV here in studio oh, so we yeah. can actually, um, if we do that, we can, because uh, I worry sometimes the game cast a little behind, maybe I missed it. Um, let's see where we're at here. Oh, no, I'm going to go with the, uh, just minus one. What do you, oh, what, what, boy, White Sox are. Maybe Vegas doesn't even pay attention. Tigers anymore. They set the line pregame. Yeah, you guys are sick enough to bet this. There you go. We're not doing any. It was up game. for it was up for three seconds. It's already off. They're up. They they did not put it out there once. They put it at minus one. We didn't get it. We'll see what happens here. The uh, bottom half of the first inning, and then we'll make a decision. They're probably like you know Daniel Norris is prone to give up about three runs here, the yeah. bottom of the first. So yeah, it's not it's not lose some money. So speaking of of uh, gambling. Um, Yesterday, I thought, and it did get a little dicey because England was, I thought, better than France for the uh, as a competitor for the U.S. Women's National Soccer Team. They were really good. It was inter- it was one of the more entertaining matches I've watched in a long time. But um, it was also a, a gambling line that I loved, and I, I wish I had implored more people to do it. I think we did on this show because it was it was just like half a goal. They just had to be ahead. They just had to win the game in in regular time, and they did. They won by one. Um, I think I'll be honest. I think four people. The the final is Sunday, and they play either uh what Sweden or um the hell's the other team? Hold on, give me one one second here. Let me... Okay, they play the winner of the Sweden and the Netherlands, which play today at three, and. Uh, if I would knew anything about that, I'd advise you on who to who to take there. I just, um, but anyway, I think the lines can be it, it'll be similar. You might be able to get it a half point at worst. It's a goal, which is a push. I just think if you think the U.S. is going to win this thing, and I do, there's you know there's only so much Vegas can do with a soccer line because they can't. It's hard to score, so you're not going to put it at a goal and a half in a, in a championship match, and yet. Somebody's got to win, and, and if you win, you win by a goal. The worst it is is a push. So even if that line is one, I'm telling people, that line is one, it's worth it for the U.S. You might push, but you also, they might win by two. I just think it's, it's, it's sort of a safe line. If you get it a half, jump on it. God, now the U.S. is going to lose. Like This is, this is very much my advice, usually tanks. Who are they playing? The winner of Sweden and the Netherlands. When's the game? Sunday? Sunday. Oh. Sunday afternoon. You know, the only shout-out I have to soccer uh, is that they get the game done in two hours. Because I told you that yesterday. Because Moneyball was at 5. We had to be there about 5.30. And I was like, well, how are you going to watch the game? Like, what do you mean? It ends at 5. I'm like, oh, wow. Forgot. Yeah, soccer's like, you know, in and out. No, they, they, That's what I enjoy about it. It's timed. Yep, they do it well. And 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 actually, remember this: if 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 you ever do have an illegitimate child, and they're into sports, could be one out there. Right. It, it is it is one of the better sports to sit through. Like you don't want to do. 
this would be a poll question. Like, what you don't want swimming, right? Steamy middle school swim meet, like acne laden kids. It's too hot. Why they're, would they're anybody slow. pick a swim meet? Well, if your kids in a swimming, then you have to go. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and hockey's expensive. Ice time. The equipment stinks. Um, you got to travel a lot. You got to travel a lot. You know, uh, basketball's not bad. Tennis gets a little pricey, but it's not bad either. But what? Where the time is really controlled. You show up to watch your kid playing soccer, you know how long you've got to do it. And so if you need to get drunk to get through it or whatever you need to do, you can, so like the, the time management part of it is really easy. It's a running clock. You're out of there within two hours. And, and youth leagues usually, I think, are 35-minute halves. So you're out of there, even with halftime, you're out of there in 90 minutes. It's my not my buddy's got a daughter that's on a travel. He's on a travel league. They travel. I mean, they're, I think they stay in Michigan. Okay. But you still... It's an every weekend thing. It's incredible. Yeah. Matt Charbonneau from the Detroit News uses most of his Marriott points that he stat, you know, gets all year long. He spends them on his daughter's softball, travel softball all summer. Sure. Which, look, she's going to do it anyway. You might as well save the money. I'm not knocking it, but it's just like, God, I'm glad I get to use those points once in a while on like a trip or something. Sure you want to have a kid? I'm not entirely I, all the time. Like it, it is really. I hear that. It's good for Charbonneau. He's a good father, but I just. A great father. if you uh, actually I, I don't know i just figure he is a good dude but i mean if you just heard on a you know sunday night like oh you have to go to topeka kansas for a softball 11 and under softball tournament yeah dude even if he had to drive two hours no he, he's he's he's, a, he's, a, he's all about his kids he's one of those guys though he's it's good but no I, it, it like to me we were just with like i have a i'm a, I'm a goddaughter three a godfather i should say three times over right three friends where i've been the godparent and one of them, Scott Powers, who they just had a uh, kid uh, two years ago. Oh, she's almost two. Maeve, cute as hell. Love hanging with her. She's now at that age, just under two. Got a little bit of personality, entertaining. And um, but my wife and I, my wife loves her. And if we're going out, she was Maeve. Is Maeve coming too? Okay, so Maeve, you know. And but at the end of the night, it's exhausting. <laughs> at the end of the night, even my wife, who's getting to that stage of like baby crazy ready to go like even she is a little um i can just sense it in her we're like well we're, we're, we're glad to go back on our own have some wine yeah relax yeah you know binge and watch that's the show the other pass great, out it's the other great thing about being an f-up no one asks you to be their god parent or nobody's ever asked you oh god no no they know better i mean come on there's got to be unless you're f- your family is just down to nothing. Why would you? How would be the last one that someone would ask? Because that's the duty of the godparent, right? If something were to happen to the both parents, yeah, somewhat. I'll see now. We should have got on it. Dang it! The White Sox have just gotten one back. We're, we're jumping on this in the middle. There's no line though. There will be in the middle of this in this inning. It's two one. Buenos tardes. It is time for the Detroit Tigers gambling update with Gramanito Couch and Jason Nick. Yeah, now, now see now there's two outs. We, what we really need right here, we do not want another run from the White Sox. What we need is at the end two one to get a favorable line and jump on the White Sox here. Because if it gets to two two, it, it's I don't know. We'll have to see. Years from now, people are going to be like, so what was at the beginning one of the toughest shows you guys had to do? And I'm going to say July third, July third, July third, man. Uh, the fable so- got us through the first hour. <laughs> It was good. It was fun having him in. I know. Now we're just giving Tiger updates. I mean, that's actually one of the sad things. One of the things I'm looking for, like Cody. I mean, not only were Cody and then Mike really good at the job, 
And I think Mike was going to hit his stride this next year. I mean, he had not covered football yet, and you know that's a challenging thing to do, do anything with that when you haven't really been around it. Um, he covered Purdue before, before. It's not like he hadn't been around Big Ten football, but you're not familiar with the guys or any of that stuff. It was hard. But he's really good. He was really good in podcasts. He was really good here with us. Um, and Cody was entertaining, entertaining too. And I just hope we get another person that we can bring on. So next July 3rd, we're desperate and still doing this show. We Are can. you a fan of the Pittsburgh Penguins? That's what your first question should be. Yes. Well, yeah. No, my boss. Are you a Pittsburgh guy? There's no question that my boss will be a little leery of anybody who loves Pittsburgh. Like, I don't think she wants to lose another Yeah, reporter. but you can't blame DeFabo. No. You know, Cody and I talked about it, too, and you talked to him as well about, you know, you get some something in your mind, you're going to go and do it no matter what. And who are you to, you know? Who are you to tell someone he got to cover the NHL, which he wanted to do? Speaking of Cody, so it's but everybody a, the the flag red flags were out there, man, about that guy that he worked for. So, yeah, no, with, with Cody it worked out because of what he wound up doing. Uh, sure, but in, but in hindsight, he he, uh, he didn't. It, it wasn't a good. And if he didn't have this Wyoming plan, it could have been a disaster. Yeah, I was getting there, it, and, and and that was you know, and so I, I think part of that is, um, and. I, had I been able to talk him out of it again, there were a lot of mistakes, a little a lot of things that I wish I had been able to say to him. There were a lot of things in that moment, like because he was gun ho about it. Yeah, and um, it th- there were a lot of red flags. And well, the thing that Cody didn't understand, and it's hard when you're new in this business or, or have it. You know, Cody was grinding it out, covering preps for a weekly when we found him. And you don't what you don't understand is C- Cody was a year from now, a year later would have written himself into a number of jobs. Oh, yeah, the White Sox screwed it up in a base running era. Um, so now we're going to get the line we want. Um, but, but yeah, and he was newly married, too. There was a bunch of yeah, there were a lot wrenches of things. thrown in there. and there were a lot of things. No, I mean, hey, but still, man, I can't. It's hard to step in someone's way. All you can do is say, hey, this is my where I'm coming from from this perspective. I'm not being selfish just because I don't want to lose a friend or a coworker. But hey, if you want to go do it, go try it. The, you don't the, want any regrets. That's the only thing. The challenge we always have at the LSJ is the. Um, well, I'm going to try and get this line for us here. Oh, we need to go to break anyway. So. All right, we'll be right back. Catching the roof. This is Doug Warren with Spotlight Sports Minute. So, Alabama native and Clemson football coach Dabo Sweeney is in hot water for comparing himself to Osama bin Laden in a recently unearthed interview from Mike Krzyzewski's Sirius XM radio show. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of like Osama bin Dabo. You know, I got I to gotta, I gotta navigate uh, yeah. through, the, through the caves and the back channels to, to get my way around in Alabama these days. Uh, they're not yeah. as happy to see me. The bottom line is this. Dabo Sweeney is a meathead, clueless, out-of-touch football coach who would fit in better with the likes of Woody Hayes and Bo Schembechler than in the modern day. And more evidence of that is that he's on record saying that paying college athletes would be a form of entitlement. This guy makes $9 million a year to coach football and paying players would be entitlement. Dabble's salary is the definition of entitlement. I'm Doug Warren. The Spotlight Sports Minute, a production of the Spotlight Radio Network. For more, go to SpotlightRadioNetwork.com. The future of radio is here. NBC News Radio, I'm Phil Hewlett. 
Final preparations are underway for the 4th of July celebration on the National Mall. President Trump's Salute to America event will cost the National Park Service $2.5 million. Some Democrats say Trump is politicizing the event. The latest ABC Washington Post poll shows Joe Biden holding the lead among Democratic presidential contenders with 29 percent support. Bernie Sanders is second with 23 percent, followed by Kamala Harris and Elizabeth Warren, tied with 11. More than one million people living in southern Japan have been ordered to evacuate ahead of an onslaught of rain. Some areas could be hit with nearly 14 inches of rain in one day. A 9-11 hero who died from a World Trade Center-related cancer is being laid to rest today. NYPD Detective Luis Alvarez died Saturday at the age of 53 from colon cancer linked to his time exposed to toxins at Ground Zero. Phil Hewlett, NBC News Radio. This is where hick meets chick. You're listening to Couch in the Rue. All right, we got a Tigers bets in. We got about we got it about even too, so that worked out well. Um, they're down a really? run now, but yeah, it's about even. So I would, you know, they'd scored a second run there. They were waiting for Daniel Norris. Yeah, Nor- Norris usually gives up about three runs through five. That's Daniel Norris. That's his, his his mo. So as long as this White Sox, my only concern is this White Sox pitcher had a horrible first inning. This is a complete disaster today. But as long as that isn't the case. Um, what were we talking about before break? I had a point. We we're getting into something. Um, this is where our bad memories. Soccer, yeah. uh, fireworks, mm. the Fabo, Cody mm. Tucker. Oh, yeah, uh, uh, yeah. Mm. Something with that. Salty but snacks. It was, it was something with it was something barbecue. With the, the leaving for a, a job thing, and and I think it was Cody, and I don't know. It could have been a disaster for him, and it wasn't. Right, that's what we were saying. Basically. Well, it technically was, but to where to get to where you are now, I mean, you have to overcome some hurdles, which I guess makes you appreciate now that you're back in Wyoming, like Cody is. Right. What, what he didn't realize is that if he had kept doing what he was doing, a lot of people take notice of him. Yep. The athletic was going to come calling. The other, uh, you know, the, the, there was going to be lots of opportunities. He was going to be able to pick his place, and and he was impatient, and that's and you you know, and that's that's the hard thing, and um. I'm glad it worked out because he's doing exactly what he wanted to eventually do anyway. But if that hadn't worked out, I would have felt really bad because it's hard to, to get somebody to be patient when they're impatient, mm-hmm. but that's where he was. He was impatient. Well, and then, like I said, you know, if you're a, a fan of the NHL like he was and you're offered a job, albeit it's a guy with his own outfit, but as much as everybody calls that DK guy a douche, I mean, he does have his own thing where people he is making money off. Of and it. keep in so, mind, I mean, the Athletic hadn't done what it was doing now, so there wasn't as much, you know. Right now, I mean, you know that that if you're really good, and you know, and there are opportunities there. They're paying pretty well. They're, they're they're covering a lot of stuff. They're still expanding. Sure. And that wasn't as clear when Cody was making that decision. I think if you'd seen where that was going, those opportunities are going to be there for him. And he could have maybe done it in any. Now, it, what I liked about the opportunity he took is, you're right, he did want to be a hockey guy. And I thought, boy, if he can put up with this clown for a year, it'll broaden his um, resume. And, and I, you know, keep your wife living here, and then you figure out where you're going. And it really is. Next. It is hard to like piss Cody off too. I mean, you know what I mean. He's really an easy guy to get along with. No, that guy's an ass. I yeah. Because I mean, He's, I've 
heard him on the phone before, and I don't know him personally, but yeah. Everything I've read, if multiple people tell you guys an ass, nice. it's probably true. Very much an ass. But you got to try. I mean, you know what? If he would have not taken that gig, something would have happened here. Who knows, man? Yeah, Everything no, happens for a reason. Yeah, yeah. No, not a spiritual it, it worked, guy, but I really believe it worked in out, that. And we got DeFabo. And the, the thing that's the challenge for us, and this happened with, with, with Chris Solari and with Cody Tucker, and not with DeFabo, which is hard about him going back to his hometown paper. Like, Cody, uh, I think DeFabo more than Cody really – like, there are times with that job, it's easier to be a beat writer, put it that way, or a columnist like me when you're reacting to stuff. Like, their job is to write – Big, it's sort of like some of the athletic jobs, although that changed. Uh, you know, some of them are, are more beat driven and they have different types of storytelling, but big story after big story a lot. You know, it's like everything you do is a, a dig into somebody's life. It but takes Cody's a while. so good at it. He man. is like, great he, at he's, it. He's, you know, but I think he, he wore down a little. There's, part, there's a big part of him, and there's a part of uh, Chris Solari was like this too. There's a, you, what you don't get on that job is the day where you show up at practice and you write a notebook, the easy day. Mm hmm. And I think that's the hard thing where, you, you know, and nobody's ever happy with you until you, you, you deliver the big piece. And that is. Um, well, and then when he started, I mean, that's how I met him was the Charles Rogers piece. Yeah. You know, and coming off of that and being expected, what the thing got like a million hits or whatever you guys got off that. And then you, yeah. and then you have to, what do you, got next? you have to live up. Yeah. And I think there's something to that, though, where I it would make it kind of exciting to try to that would push you even harder. No doubt. You and know, he, instead he would, of taking a day off and going writing notes. Trying to figure out what's next. You you would think, but it does. It wears on you. And I think Cody was somebody who, part of him, the idea of working a beat was intriguing. That's something we have to be careful of when we're hiring um, because a lot of people, and that's not what he wanted coming in. Yeah. I think DeFabo would rather do the type of work he's doing now. It's because of the paper and the opportunities going back. But uh, you got to find people who have sort of had that the beat work kicked out of them because if what they really want to be doing is working on a beat and they see – Hey, you get to cover some Michigan State and around that, but they'd rather be doing the beat work. The job doesn't work; it'll wear on you. Uh, and then the type of stories you do. I, on and the right to be track. honest, he had a couple really good ones. I mean, the Mandridge one, I thought it was actually better than the Charles Rogers. Oh, piece. he had some other ones too. Yeah, he, yeah. He had, he had uh, what uh, Boo Boo Thompson. Boo really Thompson. Good. Yeah. No, he he was great. You know, what's amazing is if we could combine those two guys. I mean, because Cody had some real gifts of getting people to talk to him. You know, and other things. And, and Mike has some real gifts. And, and 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 covered college a little more long was was a little more seasoned in certain elements, and they're both both terrific in a lot of ways. If we can land either one of those guys, and really a combination of the two of them, we'll have really good stuff at the LSJ. And the fact that those were our first two hires, our last two hires, gives me hope. And that was the great thing about going to Wyoming. You're right; he can get. I mean, I'm not bashful about telling most of my stories, but I've told them pretty much all of them on that road trip. I mean, we had a lot of time, but yeah, it was, you know. It's it's a tough gig that uh, who knows. Hopefully, you guys get someone in there that um, doesn't like Pittsburgh. And it is a tough, you know. And people will come up to me and want to apply for it. And it's you know like it happened last year at Moneyball. It took us forever to fill that job for a number of reasons corporately. But um, you know, and, and the one thing I'd say is anybody is welcome to it. It'll be posted soon. But also, you know, understand that like our boss is not even looking to hire recent college grads in journalism. She doesn't it's not an entry level position. So she looks at it somebody is a little more more seasoned. So just sort of no start yeah, But Cody there. wasn't a college graduate. Well, what I mean, but, but he had been a in other words what I mean is she But she's, if someone sent you guys a couple pieces that were, were like, amazing, wow, this we, is really good. We look at them. But sure. there aren't, but it, what I mean is though he had worked at another paper. He had that's what I mean. She's not working looking for somebody who this is not your first job out of school is what I mean. Oh, it's kind of like what they do with sports radio. 
oh yeah, I, I'm going to do a podcast. I'll do a show because they're a challenge. It's it's getting yeah right. It, it's getting people to you know. I mean, what Cody he had some gifts, but I don't know that Cody at 22 years old would have been able to do the things he did, and he got into the business a little later at the age that he was. You're just more seasoned in life, more confident. You've done a number of interviews. You've screwed up some things. You know, we don't want your early career mistakes. That's you know, that's what it is. I mean, I, I think some of the mistakes I made in Freeport and columns and other things I wrote, I would hate to write those here. A little bit bigger audience. Um, not that the community didn't, didn't deserve better than me, but hell, we had four full-time sports writers in a town of 15,000 people, so should have been uh, it's more than we got at the LSJ. Should be, uh, should be thrilled. we got to take one more break. We'll be right back. Catching the roof. Hey, Matt Rhodes from Dusty Cellar is here, and he's bringing food to the studio. We're having another party, Matt. Nice to see you, especially given the circumstances. Good to see you, Michael. Yep, always love doing our catering. Can't tell you how many parties I've been to in this area that have been catered by Dusty Cellar, and it's all kinds of varieties of bashes. We do everything, family, corporate, social. You can come pick it up, we can deliver it, we can bring servers, whatever your needs are. So if I want, I can have a party, you can staff it. If I just want to have it dropped off, you can do that too, and I can even come pick it up if it's a small gathering. Absolutely, whatever you'd like. What if I want to have it at your place? I always see different little functions going on in a different room. We do, Michael. We have four different options for you. The Napa and Tuscan room, Leelanau, Bordeaux. They're all different sizes, different feels. So whatever your party is, we can customize just for you. I had a party in the Bordeaux room recently, and it ended up spilling into the tap room. That was a good fun that night. Catering services brought to you in-house, private dining at Dusty Cellar or Dusty Cellar Online. DustyCellar.com is on Grand River in Okemos seven days a week and at your party in-house, too. Tired of waiting for your lawn care treatments? Call Pure Green Lawn and Tree Professionals at 517-703-1111. We will complete your applications on time, every time. Professional, prompt services by knowledgeable team members at a reasonable cost. No high-pressure sales, just knowledge and amazing customer service with many programs available to meet your individual needs. Visit us on the web at puregreenlawn.net. This is Doug Warren with your Spotlight Sports Minute. Dave Burkett of the Detroit Free Press has put together five potential milestones Detroit Lions players will hit in 2019, and here they are. Matthew Stafford will, in all likelihood, reach 40,000 yards passing. He set records for fastest player in NFL history to reach 20,000 and 30,000 yards passing, so it stands to reason he'll be the fastest player to reach 40,000 as well. He needs just 1,474 yards to reach the mark and should get there sometime in early October. Number two on the list, Don Mobach. If he plays in the Lions' first five games this fall, he'll enter the NFL's top 100 in all-time games played. Not bad for a long snapper. Yes, he's in a contract dispute right now, but number three on the list, Damon Harrison. Last year, Snacks became just the eighth player since 1931 to appear in 17 regular season games in a year, and that gave him 98 straight games played overall. Among defensive tackles, only Indomitian Sue at 115 and Malik Jackson at 106 have longer current streaks. Number four on the list, Carrion Johnson. Barring injury, will top 1,000 yards rushing this season. He averaged five 5.3 yards per carry as a rookie, and if he can duplicate that rate this fall, he'll need just 189 carries to hit the magical 1,000-yard mark. The number last re- 
breached by Detroit's Reggie Bush in 2013. The Lions have had just three 1,000-yard rushers since Barry Sanders retired after the 1998 season. And finally, because of his salary, this one might be a long shot, but number five on the list, Theo Riddick. If Riddick makes the roster and gets significant playing time this year, he could become by season's end the all-time leader in receptions by a running back in Lions history. Riddick caught 61 passes last season and needs just 68 receptions this year to pass Barry Sanders for the franchise record. Sanders caught 352 passes for 2,921 yards in his 10-year career. That's your Spotlight Sports Minute. I'm Doug Warren. You're listening to Couch in the Rube, a Spotlight production. You're connected to Business Wrap in a snap. Hi, this is Be Insured with Luke Mardigan, the Mardigan Agency and Farm Bureau Insurance of Michigan. Have you ever heard the saying, the only ship that sinks is a partnership? It's true. In fact, statistics show that nearly 70% of business partnerships don't work out. But what about the ones that end up working out? How do they beat the odds and find success despite how tricky these relationships can be? During my latest show, I sat down with two individuals who did just that. We discussed what it really takes to have a thriving business partnership, and Mike and Amy let us in on some fantastic secrets that you'll want to turn up the volume to hear. Are you ready? The first secret Amy shares was to have like values, but different strengths. She said that both partners have to be working toward the same goal and vision in the company. Otherwise, they're constantly going to be undermining each other's efforts. She continues to say that at the same time, it's so much better when you have strengths that complement each other. They said that one of them is very detail-oriented, while the other is very big-picture-oriented. That way, they both have their own valuable ways of contributing. The second secret Mike shares with the importance of honesty and communication. He says respect and trust are huge components to any relationship, whether it's a relationship between you and your employees, you and your customers, and especially you and your partner. And finally, the last secret I'll share with you comes from me. You need to have a plan should something happen to either one of you. When I look at partnerships from an insurance standpoint, there's one big thing I think a lot of people don't think about, and that's making sure they have a plan if something were to happen to you or your partner. Things like key man life insurance policies, buy-sell agreements are very important conversations that you need to have. There are many other great secrets that were shared during our discussion that you don't want to miss. It's all happening on my show, Be Insured with Luke Mardigan. For more in-depth business discussion on this topic and many more, go to businesswrap.biz. Also, download the free OneTouch Business Wrap app by searching Business Wrap on the Apple App Store or Google Play. And from our founder, Suzanne Heward, that's a wrap. You're listening to Couch in the Room. What are you on? A radio or the TV? SpotlightRadioNetwork.com. Some breaking news, Jason. Oh, yeah? Breaking news. The Pistons are signing Markeith Morris. $3.6 million. Not bad. Average player. It is amazing how the, the money changes. Like, if you're not one of the dudes in this league, the money is just not anywhere near. You know what I mean? Like, some there are guys who are overpaid. We look at the Chris Middletons and we go, how the hell is he worth it? Because the thing is, the difference between Chris Middleton and Markeith Morris is a lot. But it's not the difference between three point six million and one hundred eighty million or whatever he got. You know yeah, what but I mean? what about a guy like Lou Williams, the guy who wins six six man of the year award, underpaid as hell. I, yeah, and he, they were Crazy. like the Clippers were bragging because they gave him eight million guaranteed. Like, I'm like, you, uh, yeah. okay, that guy's worth a lot. That guy, the difference between him and Middleton is if is DeAndre Jordan, if DeAndre Jordan gets forty million for four years, right. Lou Williams should be getting a contract like that. If you're going to yeah. be throwing these crazy contracts out there. Hopefully, when we get back on Monday, our next show, we can really because by then we should know Kawhi. And I like the fact that he's in Toronto. I like the fact that 
I know he was said he was going to give him the final meeting, but that could have been done in L.A. at his house. You know what I mean? He could have made no, them you him face to face. But face to him, it also makes me to believe you can do it there, and well, it could have been face to face in L.A. Is what I mean. It could have like with Kevin Durant in the Hamptons or wherever you live. You know, it, the 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 idea that he's there gives the chance, and I really want him to stay with Toronto. That he walks out of there, and this is this is the home. This is where I'm at, and that's what I'm hoping. Why? Go to L.A. Let's do this. Don't go to the Lakers. Come on. I do not want a super team. Because I, I like the word, root for LeBron. I don't want LeBron a villain. Uh, he, he He's already a villain. Everybody already hates I him. I don't hate him. He will be a villain to me. I won't be able to root for the Lakers. I, I want to root for Kawhi. I want to root for LeBron. I won't be able to root for either of them if they're together with Anthony Davis. That will be the team. They will be the team. If I you sign Markeith Morris, do you look at his tattoos to make sure he's not his brother? Marcus? That's a good question. You know? I mean, you, you don't want to get the worst. I mean, they, you'd they rather have Marcus, really though, right? You'd rather have Marcus, right? Marcus is the better player. Marcus is the better player, yeah. So you don't mind. You don't check it too closely. If he, if he shows up for a given game and you get the better player, you just roll with it. That's what I think. <laughs> Fun show today. Appreciate Mike DeFabo. Yeah. Enjoy the fourth. Be safe. Don't get too close to Jason Nick with fireworks. We'll do this, uh, we'll do this again on Monday. Have a good fourth. Thinking of a new air conditioning unit for your home? Hi, Peggy Doty with Doty Mechanical, a new carrier high-efficiency 